welcome to another episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. I am so excited to share that this episode is brought to you by our friends at Motto. Motto is the new no-nonsense hookup app for gay and queer people. Hookup apps have become a staple in queer culture, but they also come with bullshit. Headless torsos, blank profiles, catfishing, and endless scrolling of the grid for hours. We've all been there. On Motto, every profile is verified by a real human, and every photo has a face. Motto sends you daily matches of people who match your interests and kinks. There are no fees, no ads, and no nonsense. Get Motto today by going to tinyurl.com slash mottoblocktalk, or visit the link in my link tree. Motto, gain queer hookups without the nonsense. And as always, follow me on Instagram and TikTok at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit TheaterTheNow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. Let the fame games begin. A new crop of all-stars have entered the workroom, but only one will have their portrait hung in the Hall of Fame. Who will it be? It's time to find out as we will talk all things premiere of Drag Race All-Stars 8. And joining me is someone who is an all-star past, present, and future, Matthew Crump. How are you? Hi. Um, you look I would be say, fabulous. You look you. fabulous. Uh, just tell everyone who you're wearing. Um, I'm wearing Isley NYC. I'm yes. A- I'm the sales director. You'll see us in the episode a couple times. This is actually our new Pride collection. Hi, gang. Oh, cute. Inspired by? Inspired by Meg Stalter. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Love her. Um, it, that was just, you know, the phrase. But it's actually just takes on some of our previous Pride looks and making them more, more fabulous. I'm here for it. I love it. There's a full trans collection. There's a full, like, gay collection. Very important. Love that. Um, Dragon happened. I did not get to see you and say hello to you because you were fucking busy, bitch. <laughs> yeah. So I was with Alaska at Alaska's booth. Um, this is the first I've been at every drag con, but this is the first drag con that I was in with a queen the whole time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is wild. I have no idea how there was that many people in the room that I just didn't ever cross paths was once. I never left the booth. It was just, we were there all day. Apparently, WoW told us our line was like the longest. The of course. Weekend. Absolutely. Um, and it was just, the good thing is the Queens came to us. So I was able to see, you know, some people. I met Marina Summers. Or yes, the- I saw the, the proposal video. Yes, I feel responsible because I called her over. I was like, please come here. Like, I know she wants to meet you. Um, saw Lucy. I missed Mistress. So I recently so I. cast in an Andrew Christian campaign. Um, and I was asked to model for them for a few hours on the second day. So during those hours, I missed Mistress. And she was like the one person I like really wanted to meet. Damn. Um, but... No, I'm happy. We, I got to meet a good bunch of the international girls. The fans were very nice. We didn't really have too many Karens, which was great. That's good. Um, I have. I did tell them this. I feel like my one piece of feedback is, if everyone buys a fast pass to the meet and greet, then it's no longer a fast pass. 
So a whole like everybody's a VIP situation. It's like I can't have everyone jump the line at the same time when there's already been, you know, people waiting here for two to three hours. So I think they need to figure something out about that or like be more clear that like when you buy that pass at DragCon that it doesn't mean you're going to remember get- remember back in the day when they had a DragCon for 3 days and one of the days was just a VIP day. That's VIP day, exactly. Perhaps I- we go back to that and make it 3 days because I'm telling you, for me 2 days was too stressful because I like shortened my interviews because I wanted to maximize the amount of people I wanted to talk to yeah. and I got a good amount of interviews. I'm very happy with what we did. Um but you can tell there was a little more stress between everybody in the room, fans, artists. It was a lot. The days were shorter, too. They, I feel like they used to be like nine to seven or nine to eight. Am I and crazy? when you have so many of the artists having to do the um, Bring Back My Girls, that shortens their time. So they're yeah. like less inclined to want to chat with people and have I understand wanting to save money, but come on. They're performing on the main stage. Mm -hmm, Well, mm -hmm. and like some of them have other other obligations. Like, I mean, you know, Alaska had the pageant, so um, we had to do rehearsal and Mm -hmm. we had to figure out how to, you know, get her to and from the booth, you know, for, I think we saw, we saw a lot of people. That's good. That's amazing. How did the pageant go? Share it with the kids. The pageant was iconic. The pageant was incredible. (laughs) Um, Detox said it the best that it was just like it was drag. But what was so yeah. refreshing about it was it was every kind of drag. We had drag kings, there were, you know, non-binary presenters, there was a trans queen, there was, you know, more camp queens, there were people that were more um, you know, traditional drag, there was a cis woman, like it was a very diverse cast As in it should be. every way. And everyone turned out. It wasn't like there was one person that like stood out to the point of like, I mean, it was pretty even the scoring across the board. So no, it was a great time. It did start a little late. That is the Montalban Theater, their fault. It's not a, (laughs) and um, yeah, it was really, really fun. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, Jada is a character. (laughs) I bet she is. I have yet to be um, able to interview her because, again, another one, very, very popular. We love the popular queens. Well, other news, friends, for, that came out of DragCon this weekend that everyone has to know, the Drag News of the Week, Valentina and Lolita Banana are the hosts of Drag Race Mexico. So um, I did get to chat with Lolita very, very shortly because uh, I adore her. Um, obviously, Valentina is just Valentina. Yes. Valentina has been since their season... Um, one of my favorites. Um, I recreated her mask look two days after it happened on TV. Go, mm-hmm. and I, I'm enthralled with her. I think she's absolutely stunning. I've seen her perform live at Mickey's, and the way she captivates an audience is really, you know, it's intoxicating. Yeah, I will say I'm gonna say something. It might be, you know, controversial that I do think that Drag Race France was probably the best international season that they've released. Ooh, um, okay. I would say Philippines is tied, but um, I was going to say Philippines, but all right, I, okay, I'm here for it. I thought France was really sharp, and I really mm-hmm. loved the same thing. I thought the cast was super diverse, and I really appreciated how many of the queens were like stars to me. I feel like the topic yes. was like on point. So when I saw Lolita, I we were backstage, perf- we're getting ready to perform with Alaska, and Lolita was next, so I did get the chance to talk to her as well. 
I, it's like, how amazing is that? That you see a queen on an international season, she's on five episodes, mm-hmm. and then now she's a host. Like, yeah. that's such, what a great it, it was that lip sync. It was that lip sync where she's shaving her head. I was like, that's the moment. But she, I think she also, knows. She really presented as a Mexican queen. Absolutely. Brand, Absolutely. You know? Every- Meanwhile, Visa on Drag Race España 3 right now is like, damn it, I wish I was on the season one season earlier. It could have been me. Uh, I haven't seen... I've seen like a minute of Drag Race España because I really love España and I don't want to like rush through the episodes or screw it up. I'm That's trying fair. to devote time to it. Um, and I know that All Stars is coming out. So um, I just want to like make sure I know the Spanish queens. Oh my God, yeah. to show you something. I feel like such a nerd. Oh, I love nerding out. Do it, do it. So I have all of ah, oh my god um i am not that cool i do not have the banner but i do have the tote bag um right. i haven't put them on quite yet but yeah I left the spots for the seasons that are coming out i love it i'm here for it yes that is that is a win i'm i am here for it um there's a couple that i'm missing that i have to i might just go on ebay and be like okay here's an extra ten dollars for it they don't um, have can they don't have any of the canada ones they're all sold out yeah, I luckily I got those. Those are I'm good, but hey, Canada Four is coming out very soon. Oh, <laughs> all right, friends. As always, I must leave a disclaimer. This is an entertainment podcast. We are discussing reality TV show characters as presented to us through reality television production. We are shown what the editing of a television show wants us to see. We react to what it's presented. Yes, these are real people that have been given the opportunity to go on television to share their craft, but they also have put themselves in a position to be discussed. What is said on this podcast for entertainment to discuss a reality television show. It's just my opinion. Just an opinion. <laughs> All right, let's dive into it because um, I'm not. I'm going to save your initial thoughts throughout because we got a lot of it. Yeah. Money, success, fame, glamour. Rue's just trying to make a point after an expensive intro package where Mama Rue is sporting a new Nini Leaks wig. It's time to meet our all stars. All right, let's begin with, hey, y'all, what's happening? Heidi in closet back, and she still has her natural lips. She was already blessed with all-star lips. Now, I got to ask you, was Alaska the start of the fandom's obsession with all-star lips? I mean, if you got it, buy it. Um, I think so, just because it was on all-stars, too. I mean, I yeah. no one remembers all-stars one, even though it was super iconic. Um, ha, ha, I'm acting. Um, and then... You know, I'll start to. I think that Alaska was the first one to present with larger lips or like yes. changed lips. You know, after coming back from her season. So yeah, probably. She tells us that when she looks back at season twelve, she was on the struggle bus, and we were reminded of the Nicki Minaj hair and makeup trauma. Heidi learns she has a funny home. She was in fifth place and was Miss Congeniality, but this time around, she wants to win. She didn't come back to lose. She didn't lose. There's no losing twice in this household. Let's discuss her look by Jeffrey Kelly, hair by Demore Wiggs. I love this look. It's so simple yet sophisticated. It's a beautiful silhouette that is just the right amount of sexy and elevated. Black and white are a brilliant color pairing, but it's the bag. What brilliant marketing move on her part. I think this was a really smart way to re-enter Drag Race. I agree. I think she's very, she understands her brand. Demore Wigs, shout out. They make all my drag wigs. I love um, it. So this is my thing. I love the gap and I love the branding. And she does it a few times in this episode. I will yeah, she, does. she continues to do it. It's going to become like a little, I think it cheapens some of the looks. Like, because they're, these decals they're mm-hmm. you know that you can buy downtown i've used them before 
So like they're, you know, they're cute, but it's like, do I need seven of them? Like sometimes I just want to see the cleanliness of the look and her face is enough. But I do yeah. think for the entrance look, it was very smart. I'll give it a two. What is this Sherry Pie erasure? She was fifth place. Just kidding. <laughs> listen, listen, you're not wrong. Uh, let's do the Wikipedia. It tell, that tells the truth. Uh, I'll give this look a two. She should have focused on being the miscongeniality. I will also give it a two. So we're audience, doing for this version, this round, we're doing two boot, and then we'll go to other fun things. Audience, 91% toot, 9% boot. Next up, my name is Mrs. Kasha Davis, and I'm an alcoholic. Oops, wrong meeting. It's international celebrity housewife, Mrs. Kasha Davis. She is best known for being the workhorse, being the sweet one, and there's always time for a cocktail. Um, friends, if you have not listened to the song Cocktail, go listen to it. I use it as an alarm clock in the morning sometimes. <laughs> she tells that, us that these days she's having a mocktail as she is coming up on seven years sobriety um and she actually knows where she is this time um i love her i adore her so much she's absolutely one of my favorites she was the first person that i ran into at DragCon this weekend and she was head to toe stoned that's a, mm-hmm. every one of her looks is just like completely stoned and that it's takes drag a it's so yeah. good uh, there's no designers for this look. Um, I think this is what I expect from a campy queen like Mrs. Kasha Davis. And as I said in the preview podcast, will her style of drag be able to keep up with what drag race has evolved into? Yeah. This is a classic silhouette. The drag is dragging. Those sequins are sparkling. Black and red are an easy color combo. Maybe it's a bit darker than we're used to seeing Mrs. Kasha Davis in. But regardless, this is her and she will use this time on the show to promote herself and her body of activism. And that is perfect for me. I am so happy to have her back on TV. Yeah, the hair is a little Ronald McDonald for me, but overall, mm-hmm. I do like the I like the look. I think it presents who she is again. Another queen who knows what her brand is and how to present it. Two looks in a row. We got lips. So they got lips. Yep, but Mrs. Kasha, Mrs. Kasha Davis didn't get her lips done, so she did not. <laughs> it's a toot for me. Yeah, I would say it's also a toot. Audience, fifty nine percent toot, forty one percent boot. Now, Heidi and Kasha will hug it out as it is real. They're on All Stars. All system go. For Mrs. Kasha Davis, this is her time, she says. She was on season seven, and with math, she says it's been eight years. Is she a season queen? Well, Heidi says she's marinated. (laughs) Next up, it must be a crime to serve this much beauty. Hola, it's Nacia Lopez of season eight, twice. She is a pageant girl who was a former Miss Continental who sorry from her consistently have done very well on this program she tells us that on her season she was caught up trying to be perfection that she lost herself and went home first but she says that to be called back and be eliminated a second time that was a son of a bitch she wants to prove to everyone and herself that she can win it now her look no designers listed i love the idea of beauty as a crime but mama this is drag race all stars where's the bling Imagine that jumpsuit with rhinestones. It is yeah. a crime to not have them. As far as the silhouette, I love it. It's serving sexy. It's fashion. I think the hair is butch queen realist. That matches the energy of the story she's selling. It's just almost there. I love the hair. And I also really love that it's like a crop two-piece situation. Mm-hmm. I don't think that the handcuffs were as fully realized as she thought they were. I think maybe she thought that that was like the bling element. But no, they didn't stones. really shine. Um, 
I have a lot of feelings about Nisha Lopez, and I'm going to save them for later in the episode. Because I Me feel- too. Okay. <laughs> Me too. Is it because I call her Elimination Lopez all the time and I haven't done it yet? Yeah, I do. Um, no. Yeah, I think that she's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm going to give it the safest of toots, like just on the line. I agree. It is not a boot, but it is not a strong toot. It's soft toot. Audience, 53% toot, 47% boot. Now, Heidi will see Nisha and joke that they just she just saw her, um, obviously, at Roscoe's. Yeah. Um, is she going to be allowed to mention Roscoe's at all, or is she going to get yelled at? Probably not. I just don't, I don't think that WoW loves Roscoe's. <laughs> you know, they, were, they had their own booth at DragCon. Did they? They did. That's why Ben um, Davis was in town. Yeah, they had their own booth and um, they kind of like rotated in a couple queens. So Nisha was there. Again, um, I never left the corner of the, the rooms. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. Um, audience, 53% toot, 47% boot. Heidi will, um, Heidi will ask who might fuck up this season. And Nisha's like, I might. And I say, don't project it. It could happen. I think already I'm seeing that Heidi is going to be a narrator of the season. Absolutely. Because that's why she came in first, so she can give everybody their commentary. Um, Absolutely. And I mean, I love Heidi. She's the nicest. Um, I don't really know what you just said, but I, um, about (laughs) (laughs) the episode, but I'm just going to keep bringing it back to Heidi. All right, next up, your ringleader has arrived. Per- prepare to send in the clowns. Oh, they're already here. I love that her entrance line prepared. So if she was the first one to enter, it still would have worked. Yeah. It's Kahana Montrese from season 11. She has had a glow up. Um, she says that on season 11, being a Montrese was a way for the girls to be gagging, but she was a baby queen and was unprepared. Now, since her season, she says a lot has changed. Namely, her eyebrows lifted, her nose done, her ass, her hips, her teeth. Good for her. She got that Vegas money. Well, I was thinking that she got that sugar daddy money because at first it's like, you know, how that's the Vegas show. You is said not, it on me. You know, <laughs> the Vegas show is not paying for all of that. It's paying for maybe some of it. And she's an alternate. So it's not like she's getting, you know. Right. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know their contracts. She looks so good yeah so the look is by marco ross hair by go wig or go home uh, this is how you glow up and do an all-stars entrance she says i'm from sin city this is las vegas realness and to all the girlies not sparkling she's got your coverage she's got enough shine for anyone else this is big loud and impressive i love how fabulous and confident she is in it and she is showcasing how sexy she is i'm here for it I'm also here for the fact that she takes accountability for the fact that she didn't do well in her first season mm-hmm. And gave us a valid reason. I do mm-hmm. understand definitely pressure being part of House of Montrese, you know, one of the best lip syncers ever on the show. There's, you know, she was young. I think it was one of those, I was a gymnast, I was a dancer queens that mm-hmm. did, they can just put on a wig and come in. And she did well. I will never forget Apollance, you earn everything, you know, with her and Mercedes. And now she's hopefully going to give us something that's better drag. I agree. This look, absolutely amazing. It's a toot for me. Very strong toot. The audience, 94% toot, 6% boot. Now, Kasha will tell her that her look is showgirl, obviously. And that's all the interaction we have with her. There's not much here because we're moving on to our next diva. The Muse is back. 
It's Candy Muse, your runner-up from season 13. Did we miss her? Do we think she's sexy? Because she thinks we're sexy. That's so sweet of her to tell us. <laughs> she says that Candy Muse is super funny, super beautiful, and super talented, but also a little hood bitch from the Bronx. She's big, she's brown, she's loud. And she says she came on season 13 with a big personality that was not everyone's favorite and will admit that she is one of the most polarizing characters in Drag Race history. Alluding to what you said earlier about Kahana, I'm glad that she acknowledged it because that means a lot of respect coming from me. Um, I respect that she can acknowledge that yeah. she wasn't for everybody. Right. Well, I don't think it's that she's not for everybody. I just think that a lot of people can't get past their own issues to like understand why she's great. I've had so many conversations about Candy Muse since she's been on the show. I knew her before the show. Mm-hmm. She's definitely one of my favorites. She is a sweetheart. She is so fun to work with, like, and be around. But she is a New York girl. She speaks her mind, and she is authentically who she is. And I really feel like that's more of a reflection of those people who are, you know, talking about her, that they're not they're not as authentic. They're not as in touch with who they truly are. And that's why she threatens people, because yeah. she's loud and because she's in your face. But you know what? That makes great TV, and I love that. Yeah, she's got the star quality. And for me, like, I wasn't a fan of her when it came to the runways. Her personality as a character in a reality show, A+. Like, she knew how to be on TV. Um, consistent in her runways. She had some amazing runways in 12. But then there were some ones that were not as successful. The alien. Um, <laughs> I love that list. <laughs> it's so stupid. All right, this look, though, by uh, Garrow Sparrow, hair by hats by Carlos. I love the color story with the orange and pink. It's very modern yet very vintage color combo that we will see him later. Yeah. She's got a lot of ruffles to give us flavor and a unique silhouette. She is snatched, though I do wonder like what it would look like without the ruffles because she just looks so good. Yeah. In my opinion, this is a step down from her OG entrance look, but it is an improvement on her overall body of work. Um, so I'm excited to see what else she's going to give us. Yeah, I agree. It's a toot. Toot for me. Audience, 82% toot, 18% boot. Now she reminds the girls that the last time she was there, she almost won the crown, but that bitch Simone said, gimme. She thinks this is her time. Um, she's here to give you a cavity, bitch. And yeah. Um, she should feel lucky that Rosé didn't um, had a broken ankle and she should feel lucky that Got Mick is not the best lip syncer. Because I do think that going into that finale, Candy was definitely like the lucky one to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, because she's a strong performer, was able to get to the top two. I, it was never a question in my mind that Simone was the winner of that season. Oh, fully. Absolutely. <laughs> but yes, I know what she means. Like, to be so close to the crown. Next up. The wait is over. It's Darian Lake from season six of Drag Race. She says it's nice being back in the confessional chair. She says on season six, she went up against the stiffest competition as we see a little montage of Bianca, Adora, Courtney, and Benda LaCreme. I'm so glad they included her because I'm still not over her robbery, but that's a whole different conversation. She's a very similar situation to Candy for me that like her looks were the reason why she didn't make the finale in that season. If you think back, I can remember one look that she did that season and it was the elephant look. Yes. And other than that, I'm like, what did she wear? I don't know. Oh, maybe that green like last top because she they won her for it. <laughs> she was always stunning in the face. The makeup and the hair is like unclockable. She serves Womana. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and is so entertaining but like the fashion is definitely as we'll see in this episode a choice um i i love darian i think that darian is amazing she's in one of my favorite lip syncs that's ever been on the show with ben de la creme point of no Mm -hmm. return yes um so i'm really excited to see hopefully her go very far the look hair by blair sinclair jewels by rocks by cox listen the look is very out of the closet drag brunch chic but the story is that body she looks good she looks happy and this is not only a celebration of being back but a celebration of a healthy person showing off the goods the mug is strong the hair is so natural she did what she needed to do in this entrance but as predicted on the preview podcast i think darian and runways will be the story of the season sadly i if it was based on her transformation and how she looks and her energy and the hair, I would give it a two. But if I have to evaluate the look, it's a boot. Mm-hmm. I agree. Audience, 69% toot, 31% boot. Now, as Darian goes over to the girls, they are all gagged at how good she looks. As Heidi says, she is looking like a pond because she believes ponds are smaller than lakes. Is that a fact? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's science. right. It's probably right. I think it's correct because I think a pond is... It doesn't don't lakes open into a, bo- a larger body of water and a pond is a circular space. Sure, let's go like with that. Closed on all sides. Anyways, sorry, nerd here. They tell her her body is a transformation, which Darian is like she borrowed it, which is funny uh, response because telling someone they look better skinnier is always an awkward response to have anyway. But good for you, Darian. You made your moment. She tells us that she has lost two hundred pounds, but she is still two tons of twisted steel and sex appeal. And she tells the girl she is feeling good and fit and down to her fighting weight. <laughs> Funny. Drag is what I do. Monica's who I am. It's Monica Beverly Hills from season five. Like Ahana, I want some cookies, girl. I got to ask, what's your favorite Girl Scout cookie? Me? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. If it's, I really like Samoa's, but if, um, I like Thin Mints Frozen and then like yes. crumbled on things. That is brilliant that's that would okay i'm gonna get a copy with that that's my yeah, answer as well the freezer right now. i love that i haven't gotten my girl scout cookies this year i failed i have to find someone these girl scout cookies were purchased two years ago i bought 10 Great. boxes <laughs> and you, I, I would have eaten them sitting i love girl scout cookies anyway monica says that on season five she thought she was mentally prepared but for walking into the workroom but being surrounded by people who were so confident had an effect on her and we're just going to get that little montage of all the superstars that came out of that season. Still easily one of the best seasons in the franchise. Yeah, I mean, five is is iconic. There's It was a tough season. You have the only double winner. You have Alaska. You have mm-hmm. Tox. You have Roxy. You have Alyssa. You have Coco. You have um, even like Jade Jolie, who's gone on mm-hmm. Dracula as well. There's, you know... And Ivy Winters, who's still making penises. I love Ivy. Oh my I god, I miss her so much. I want to move to a farm and start farming with her boyfriend. I just think that she's fantastic. Yeah, Ivy is gorgeous. And then who else was on that? Oh, Serena Chacha. Hey, Serena Chacha, an all star. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> now we will be reminded through her montage that she came out as transgender on the show. It was a history making moment, but she says it was tough breaking down like that. But she has touched so many people and has become a voice for trans women of color. She is a role model and she is proud of it. And we love that for her. The Pussy Pioneer Princess is back. This look is by Whitney Manny. I think this is a cute little Girl Scout look. Again, I'm missing the bling. Imagine if it sparkled like just even the sash would have sufficed. The story is that it 
is blue, white, and pink, and it is a celebration of trans pride. I really like that it's True Beverly Hills reference, and I love mm-hmm. that it's, you know, the colors. I get it. I don't think it was thought out that of the color that's behind her Correct. because it didn't pop. It felt very like muted Fashion Nova, but it didn't need to. And I don't know. I like her a lot, but she's coming in mean mugging and, you know, talking about how she broke down on camera and then she's going to do it 10 more times. And it's just like, can <laughs> I don't want to feel bad for her. I want her to show me why I should love her. And I think that's, you know, where she falls. I'm going to give this a boot. I agree. It's a boot. Audience, 57% toot, 43% boot. The girls tell her she is looking good, reminding her it's been a while. Uh, how many years? She says she's Italian, so she doesn't count. I don't get it. What's the reference? What did I, what did I miss? Don't know. Is it? I, I didn't get it either. And I was like, she's Italian. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you really? I'm very confused. All right, I'm ready to start on the bitch that stole all stars. James Mansfield here, who was originally on Drag Race season nine she says season nine was a crash course in drag for her she went home first but in her defense they didn't tell her that she had to be a fucking cheerleader on the application they showed the best front roll that's ever been on brilliant um she says she has worked her ass off the past couple years as she has evolved from where she was she doesn't even recognize herself it's her dorian gray she's aging terrible while she's getting more gorgeous this look there's no designers listed um, it's vintage and fun and an elevation for James. She knows how to do her drag well. I love the pink and white, perfect colors for her. Silhouette, very cute. She looks cute and petite. She's got those earrings that are blinged out. I don't mind, like, I, I'm a necklace girl. I don't mind that the lack of necklace is not there because the neckline is so pretty. This was a good way to return. Where's your necklace if you're such a necklace girl? No, that's the thing. I think with because of the bust, is, it was a, the only reason you can allow it. Other people about, later on this episode, not a chance. I'm talking about you right now. Where's your necklace? Oh, where's mine? Um, <laughs> that's a whole long story. My daddy necklace is MIA. My, um, yeah, you know the uh, necklace I, I'm okay, talking about. I do. Um, so I love James so much. I had the, I was casting a TV show during the pandemic and I had the opportunity to interview James and like got her whole package sent to me and it like totally shifted my opinion of James and like what why she initially got on season nine um what a star and mm-hmm. I love her puppetry I love what she does with wigs I think she's so funny um to me the look is perfect because I feel like she serves Miss Piggy and she serves like um, little Bo Peep. That's like her, you know, if you were to wrap those two people yeah. up in olive oil from Popeye, like that's very her. And I feel like she was serving that sort of reference of this timeless cartoon character, but it's also very glam. And I think it's a toot. I don't think this look would have benefited from more like bling. No, absolutely. This was this was perfect as is. It's yeah. a toot. Audience loved it. 97% toot, 3% poot. She says hi to the girls and then proceeds to kick things up with Heidi. Now, Kasha notes that James has moved as she is in Las Vegas now. She says she and Kahana are rivals. Kahana asks if she wants to go there, and I'm like, yes, please. But these girls are smart and know how this shows work. Tease it, but don't squeeze too much. Save the fight for when you need to stay an extra week. (laughs) Um, I had no idea she moved to Vegas. Um, I Good for her. 
Yeah. Um, I really want to know if this was like a joke and tongue in cheek or if they're actually it's a rivalry because I don't get it. They're two totally opposite queens. There's no, I think it was a joke. I think it's about to. All right. I know my way around here. It's Alexis Michelle from season nine. Broadway is back in the house and ready for action. She says that her talent was what got her to the top five of season nine, as well as her tenacity. She can sing, dance, act, and is a professional through and through with her star on the rise. I'm excited to have her back. I think her delusion got her through to season nine. Well, oh, that's true. That's true. Um, drama, 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 baby. She's giving it. She's ready for her Oscar. I mean, the acting is turned on, but no one can deny that Alexis Michelle is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. No one can deny that she really knows how to do drag. Um, I just think that there's something that's a little. I don't I don't know the right word here, but it seems inauthentic in her presentation. There, there is a theater background, I will say. Yeah. Um, there, there, there's definitely a generation of theater artists who went to theater school. Thank you. Thank and that, you. that's what she's giving. Uh, listen, I went to theater school too. I understand it. Um, this look is by Jeffrey Kelly, hair by Marcos Wiggs, jewels by Astrolab, nails by Yvette Chi. She looks incredible. Um, I love this leather number. It's hugging her body in all the right ways. She's got this stunning ginger hair and popping so well against the black. The drop earrings are so pretty. Um, again, the bust line, very important. So we'll get a pass here for no necklace. She is serving you body and she is ready to give you a new edition of Alexis Michelle. Um, I'm excited if this is what we're going to get throughout the season. I know what she's doing because I feel like on her original season, her looks again were like a problem. Like some when she did like beautiful, like elegant silhouettes, they were well received. But most of her fashion looks were called camp or too like, um, you know, literal. Mm-hmm. Wasn't really serving fashion. Every look she serves us in this episode is a reference to a fashion person and it's well executed and she's working with big designers. So I feel like that's where she's coming. She's trying to show her evolution. She's like, I've always had the talent and now mm-hmm. I'm going you that I can give you the looks. Absolutely. And, yeah. You know, she's, she's consistent in drag. Her drag race journey was not as consistent when it came to the runways, yeah. but this one we're starting off. Well, I'll give it a toot. Absolutely. It's a toot. Audience, 89% toot, 11% boot. Sometimes I wish that we could toot the face separate from the outfit because, you know, why Mm -hmm. don't we talk about the makeup and the hair? It's such a big part of it. Yeah. um, Yeah. It's this one. It's the hair was fine. The neck, the the, the look was great. The makeup was dropped down a couple points or it could have been better. You think so? Um, I think so. Okay. With the girls, she ex- ex- exclaims that they're there. She doesn't know who else is coming, but she's honored to be there with them. Uh, looking at her, look at her, looking for that Miss Congeniality title already. Yeah, she's really serving one in a million. She really, really is. She just wants to be, She, in a way, I almost wonder if she's already trying to edit herself for the fandom. Mm-hmm. Totally. Well, always go for the gold. Here Didn't she is. Last long. No, it's Jessica <laughs> Wilde from season two. The chicken is back. Cock a doodle doo escandalo. She says she has worked very hard on season two and as she didn't speak English well, but she survived because in English or in Spanish, Jessica Wilde is a superstar, and that is a fact. She says that this is her time as she is an OB, an original bitch, as when she was a baby. She was already, when you were a baby, you were already doing drag. Um, she's not that old. 
No, she is. So here's the thing. Um, I One of my first jobs in life, I was a security guard at Mickey's, which is the mm-hmm. official viewing location of Drag Race. And I worked there before Drag Race started. And I luckily was able to meet people like Jessica and Raven and Raja and Morgan and Delta and all of them. But Jessica is probably in her... What, like, too. Yeah, but in drag world, in drag correct, world, correct, she is older because now like all the girls are like twenty years old, and they come back ten years later and they're still thirty years old, <laughs> right? She, you know, she's forty two, forty three, maybe. She looks amazing. Doesn't look that old. No. Um, I'm a huge fan of Jessica because I'm a fan of entertaining performers who mm-hmm. had to like shut it down in a crowd she knows how to hold a crowd she knows how to make an impact she's an incredible dancer she's an incredible lip syncer i love watching her and she always serves drag absolutely this look is by howie b there's a lot going on here and at first it's like work bitch but the more i look at it i'm not sure that i love it as much mm-hmm. i think this is a, a moment where we could edit slightly um but that being said the hair is big as are the earrings um she made an impact on this entrance for sure mm. yes 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 um i'm looking at it again too with the marigolds mm-hmm. i wonder if this is a reference to some sort of traditional costume i think you might be onto it i think that's what it is but i think the thing that bothers me is like it's the zipper it's the zipper the zipper in the front center. yeah yeah um I don't mind the zipper. What I mind is this little like ringlet in the wig. Like it's, what? It's strange. It's like it's supposed to be futuristic, but it's serving traditional. And then like this ruffled hoop skirt over the tights. It's I don't know. I do, I'm gonna give it a soft toot, but I agree because I do think that she looks beautiful. And I but yeah, it's a little weird. And it's like matches the orange trim on the back of the workroom, so it freaks mm-hmm. them out. She's like, um, <laughs> soft toot for me. The audience 89% to 11% boop. She walks over to the girls and says that after 13 mother tucking years, she's back. Heidi tells Jessica that her season was the first season she ever watched. And Jessica jokes that Heidi was 12. And Katie's like, I was actually in ninth grade. Damn, children. I will say that my favorite look that she's presenting so far is her promo look. Do you see how gorgeous she looks in this promo look? Oh, it's gorgeous. Oh my God. Like, it's. She's like the to me. She's like a rock star. She kind of reminds me of um, uh, like one of those Latin pop stars from the early two thousands that wasn't mm-hmm. like as famous as Britney Spears, but they were like you know shutting it don't, down. Don't read Jennifer Lopez like that. I'm more talking about like not Anita because Anita's from Brazil, but like right. I can't think of like the names of who I'm referencing right now because I did, I was young. I was young. Same. Um, same. No, I love her. I think she's going to do well. I'm so excited to have her back. All right. I didn't come to race. I came to cruise. Canada's in the house, bitches. It's Jimbo. And you may remember him from Canada's Drag Race Season 1 and UK versus the world. The breasts of the West, the tits, the top of the big tits. That's her. Um, also, I live that she is wearing the same confessional shirt for the third straight season. Yeah. Brilliant. So stupid. I think so. As a, I just went on my first cruise this year, and mm-hmm. I am actually the a social media manager for the cruise line now. Um, but I had seen video of Jimbo wearing this skin, you know, 
prosthetic suit with the very tiny bathing suit on a cruise. And it's smart. It's like, you don't need to race. You can cruise. She's like, she's coming in with a different energy. She's coming in to chill. She knows she belongs here. Absolutely. I love it. I love everything about it. I think it's very well done. Um, I think people underestimate how hard it is to wear a suit like that for long periods of time. Um, She's probably a puddle, a a pond. Oh, absolutely. A lake inside there. Absolutely. Because it's it's hours. This, This whole moment takes hours to film. And I also love that she started with the big, big boobs, but now it like through the episode, it kind of like progressed down. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think Jimbo is, I'm going to say it, probably one of my top five queens ever to be on Drag Race. Okay. I'm um, here for it. Because Jimbo is a star. Jimbo has in the entrance look on Canada and the black and white, the screaming on that mountain. I'll never forget it some of the best looks, you know, on that season that were totally underestimated. I don't think that Jimbo won as many challenges as he should have on the first season. I think that he probably should have had three or four wins going into the finale. And as much as I love Scarlet Bobo and Priyanka, I that whole season was confusing to me because I don't, like, if I think back of Priyanka's journey on that show... I don't remember anything that she did. I remember her career now, which is like she was lucky to win and like get that spot. And she's amazing. Don't get me wrong. Like I love Priyanka. I'm happy she won. But I do believe that Jimbo Lemon and Rita Baga should have been the top three of that season. And I do think that Jimbo should have won. And I, you know, then same thing on UK versus the world. She won every episode until she got, you know, kicked off. And it is what it is. It's the nature of the game. But mm-hmm. I will say this because I don't want to come off as like a delusional Jimbo Stan. The girl can't lip sync. She does not know how to lip sync. And that's the that's the downfall. So it's like she has to perform. It's a thick survivor. You can't, you have to win immunity every challenge, you know, until yeah. you so but then that makes them a threat. So it's like absolutely will, will she ever win? She's a threat. People know it. I I fully agree. I mean, she reminds us that Jimbo is a drag clown and she will keep pushing boundaries. Um, she loves leaving people wondering what the hell. I mean, where's the baloney? That being said, uh, no designers listed. It obviously controversial for sure. The big hits are out. Um, but again, this is a branding moment. Um, this was around when we had the big tit moment from her with the cruising. I know she's going to be doing more cruises. We talked about it when I interviewed her this weekend. Um, this is camp. This is what Jimbo does best. Um, did she get us to talk about it? Likely more than we're talking about any other other looks. Probably. And her Probably. promo look was by far divine. Perfect. She is so versatile. Everything that's she, the word. Everything she presents is done a hundred percent in the right direction. Like that white baloney look, although it's crazy, is like so far in the off kilter, you know, clown spectrum that it worked. She a hundred percent commits to everything that she does, and it's it's always interesting because she's always presenting a different side of herself. Her onion is blooming. She's an artist. Artistry is here with this one. Um, I'm going to give this a two because this is Jimbo. This is how you enter your third season of Drag Race. Maybe this is a shoot. (laughs) The audience, again, like I said, controversial. We're getting a 59% toot, 41% boot. But again, I understand why. I know what we're doing here. I think this will be um, iconic as Willow Pill's ankle or her, her ankle. 
We'll yeah. find out soon. <laughs> they did it. They made it. And she asks what time the cruise departs. Um, again, great marketing as the House of Jimbo has a cruise coming up in February um, with All-Stars Heidi and Candy. Look at that. Um, props to her. This this was a really, really interesting entrance. And Darian will joke that she can understand Jimbo because she can speak Canadian as well. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, I'm back to bag these bitches. The La La re-experience is back. We know her from season 13, and they call the Miss Congeniality to come back, so she had to come back to attack. She says it was blessed experience as she jokes that she became an award-winning designer, so to speak. She says that the bag look made her more famous. What was supposed to be her downfall was her rise, so shout out to the gift bags. This time around, she's going for the big bucks. She has this one in the bag, gift bags, product bags, Louis Vuitton bags, grocery bags. Someone say bag. Uh, what's your favorite kind of bag? A gift bag. Yeah. Um, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Uh, no designers listed, but the fact that she didn't come out looking like a bag was a missed opportunity. Uh, makes me kind of wonder if we're going to get some sort of like a redo runway at some point. Yeah, I think they probably will. Um, here's the thing about Lala. I love Lala. I think that Lala is very entertaining. I think that she's great there's just something off for me and it has been since the first season right. and i can't put my i can't nail it but it's i forget she's there yeah so this look is technically a leotard but it looks like a two-piece i personally do not care for the clash and golds um yes golds can clash um i think the most fun part about this look is the eye mask and how it's adorning the stones and the crystals that are thrown onto the leo so it is consistent and cohesive it's very simple. It does have a bit of an elevation, so I'll give her that, but it doesn't look good. Well, it's like shorts, and then if when she stands together, it's like a cutout pencil skirt with a bejeweled vagina. Yeah. It's also a crop top, and it's also a strong shoulder, and it's also these glasses, and it's also it's a it's too much going on, but it's also nothing going on because there's like no fabric. Um yeah, I wasn't a fan of this. It's a boot for me, sorry. It's also a boot. Um, for me, the one that I will toot, I really like the eyewear. Yeah, it's so cool. I think from like shoulder up, I'm a, I'm about it, but I don't think it was a fully realized look. Yeah, it almost looks like the stones on the JJ and like the waist were put on there because it needed to tie into the rest of the look. You did everything that makes a woman look fat. So like I can't remember the Michael Kors reference, but she said something. You focused on her vit, her vag, her this. You made her look big in all the wrong places. The material, ugh, it's horrible. No, I think it's not horrible. I like that she tried something new. It's an interesting silhouette. It's definitely something I haven't seen before. Yes. But I it's not um it's not my favorite. I'll give it a boot. Audience, 59% to 41% boot. Now, Jessica will tell her that she is the only golden child there. Candy <laughs> thought she was going to be the baddest bitch there, but she says these girls are cinched and padded and tucked and plucked and primped to perfection. Candy will ask them if they are all nervous, to which Nature says that every All-Stars has a twist, to which Jessica says she thinks the twist is that Nature is there. <laughs> the library isn't even officially opened yet. Yeah. I mean, what do you think they're going to do a reading challenge? And so here's my theory. I think they were primed and ready to do it this episode. But after the season 15 reading challenge, um, they said no. The last few ones have been really bad. It's been really bad. Friends, yeah. if you want a good reading challenge, 
Drag Race Feria. That one was so good and very iconic because a queen got to come back because of the challenge. Drag Race what? Sweden. Oh, is that how you say it? Sveria? Sveria. Yeah. I'm learning Swedish now because of that franchise. It's the, it's I like all I can say. It. It's, it was, I enjoyed it. All right. Uh, wait, for overall, I just want to say this about these entrances. Mm-hmm. I, at first, was like, I'm not excited. After I like saw the group come in, I was like, I'm feeling kind of bored. And I think it's because there's, for the first time, so many queens that went home early and like we mm-hmm. don't make the strong connection with them. Like, of course, I love Jimbo and I love Candy and James. And like, I have a few people that I'm like rooting for. But I do think I had to step back and ask myself, but isn't that what I wanted of a show to start with low expectations and let them grow throughout the season and like, there let- it is you know create more relationships with them like i feel like in the past it's like we already kind of knew who was going to win from the get-go and then they did you know and now it's like this one it truly is going to be an exciting season because i have no idea where it's going to go i agree well there is no alarm just a door opening guess who's back at the house mother has arrived rupaul looking pretty sharp she tells them they are they are some of the most gorgeous, outrageous, and courageous queens in the history of Drag Race, and she's invited them back to reclaim their time and snatch their spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. She tells them that classic all-star rules are in effect as she will choose one top all-star who will face off against the lip-sync assassin. If the top all-star wins, she will send one of her fellow queens home. If the lip-sync assassin wins, a secret group vote will determine who gets the chop. Now, I, I, gotta, I gotta ask, isn't this like all-star rules like 2.0 technically or 3.0 because you had all star one rules you had all star two and three rules and then beyond that you had the lips and assassins and like it's not classic all star rules right well i think it's it's classic in the way that they're sending each other home that's fair that's fair right um i also think that i don't know i don't i think there's a flaw in the way that they're sending the people home I don't think that the one winner works. Mm-hmm. It's, I really think that there should just be survivor rules and they all vote. I'm here for it. There should be like the person who gets the lip sync wins immunity and the rest of them are up for elimination. I'm here for that kind of twist. Ooh, that would be fun. <laughs> of course, in the grand finale, the winning queen will earn a cash prize of $200,000. I want that. What would you do with $200,000? Well, Michael, I would uh, pay off all of my debt, and I would probably take a really nice European vacation. Ooh, where where are your top spots? I want to go to Italy. I want to mm-hmm. go to like Prague, and I want to go to um, like the Czech Republic, like random places. Like I, I of course, want to go to France. You know what I mean? In Spain, mm-hmm. but. Um, I've been to every other continent. I have never been to Europe. Well, I lived in in Scotland, but it technically like it's not, you know, main Europe. Right? That's like, fair. That's fair. The UK. Is- the first time I went to Europe was I went to London for Dragon five months ago. So that was my first time. I'm did ready you, to go back. Did you eat anything fun? No, I didn't. I know I'm boring. You at least get some peas because everything is served with peas over there. I, I did. I did have a, a nice pie, a, a hearty pie that can a side dish of peas and carrots and mash. Very yummy. I love the UK seasons. Me too. I am. Can't wait for more. I want some As more Kosh- UK girls. On. I want some more UK girls included in All Stars because there's so many of them that deserve it. Like 
Tace, Ahura, Bimini. Um, that was just one season. Cheddar. <laughs> Literally. Um, Black Peppa. You know, like there's even girls that didn't make the finale on their seasons. There's really entertaining, strong girls. I agree. The yeah. UK drag, because I have such a love for Campery. I think that's why I have so much admiration for their style of drag not to say that here in the u.s doing fashion is not a bad thing like i get it but i'm rooted in theater and camp and i love that kind of shit so it's much better there it is now as kasha <laughs> says that is a lot of money minus the taxes but who's an accountant candy muse allegedly but we'll get to that later on <laughs> rue reveals that there will be a new twist on the season of all stars as there are two ways to win but we will talk about that later there is no reading challenge to kick us off. As the first mini challenge, they are throwing a fashion extravaganza where they have to serve two looks. First category is Famous Then, a glamorous look inspired by years gone by. Second category is Famous Now, a look that embodies modern day fame. Very, very loose terms. Yeah, I had no idea what they were talking about when it was announced. Um, and I also just kind of felt bad for Mrs. Kasha Davis because this is the same thing that happened on season seven where like, and it happened on season 12 as well. So like anybody that has to come in and on the first episode show like five looks, like I guess it's opportunities to show different sides of yourself, but it can't be easy. You know, they're doing I, I agree. Crazy. And yeah. All right. We Let's... have Rue joined by Michelle, Ross and Raven, who Raven looks so good. She looks so good, but said zero words. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't let her talk at all. Um, category is famous then and honor the category we're going to play fame or shame because I love a rhyme I'm pulling up the photos do it first up we have Alexis Michelle no designers listed and obviously friends they're encouraged to post their things on social media but a lot of these queens were very busy this week so do not get mad that all their photos are not up yet so yeah this is norma desmond realness it's a very classic drag silhouette she is sparkling in all the right ways you can tell that she feels fantastic i think i would have loved a belt or something to break up the bodysuit and maybe like a stunning statement necklace but that's just me <laughs> um yeah it, it's a toot for me i think she looks fantastic she it gets a fame it, it reminded me of American Horror Story, um, the Lady Gaga season. Yes, I'm here for that. Which yeah. Lady Gaga was a guest judge on her first episode. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Full circle. It's a fame for me. Oh, we're saying that? It's a fame? Yeah, fame or shame. Oh, okay. Audience, 93% fame, 7% shame. Next up is Kahana Montrese. No designers listed. She looks incredible. The glow up really is on display. I love the dress and the boa. It's classic and vintage. Again, what is with the lack of necklace? Just give me something to match the earrings. And I uh, love this honey blonde hair on her. She looks divine. Right. She looks divine. It's hard because I don't think it's the category, but I do think she looks great. Right. And that's what I'm, this is what I'm going to say to someone else in a little bit about like, what is the category? What were they told? Like what was on their assignment sheet when they got their package? Um, because we go all over the literal world with some of these looks. I think she's trying to do old Hollywood, but she's not doing old Hollywood. It feels current. Um, I agree. But she does look amazing, so fame. It's a fame for me. The audience agrees. 82% fame, 18% shame. Heidi in Closet, no designers listed. 
She says that her dragons evolve from poverty chic to ignorant with a touch of restraint. This is such a brilliant and out-of-the-box idea for her. It's a Victorian doll come to life. I think green was a very bold choice because usually we have like a pastel pink or blue with this kind of doll, um, but this feels very unique. This was not what I expected from her when it came to the makeup. Wow. It does look like a beard a little bit, um, but I'm kind of here for this look from her. I'm very, very impressed. I disagree. <laughs> Say it, do it. Let's. I love it. Um, I love the outfit, and I think that the outfit is a fame for me. But I would say that the makeup would be a shame, and I just don't understand the white. Like I know she's trying to do like a porcelain doll that's cracking mm-hmm. or something, but it just didn't. It didn't work for, in my opinion. And I think that overall, the outfit when you take away that like costume face becomes very costume. Right. Like it it looked like a like from Brigadoon or Mary Poppins. Mm -hmm. Like it's yeah, I like it. I don't want to. I think she's she's safe for me, you know, but she's it's not very reminiscent of what Jackie Cox wore on season 12. Exactly. I'll give it a two uh, uh, fame. And it's a shame. Audience, 73% fame, 27% in shame. Next up, Mrs. Kasha Davis. Look by Thatchwork Designs, hair by Bibi Galani, jewels by our friends at Amped Accessories. We've got another vintage glamour moment. I think the fabric is fab. It's very drag. The headpiece is reminiscent of Showgirls. I appreciate that she has a slit for the leg. It's quite sexy, but it goes a little too high for my liking for this kind of look. She's got the right amount of sequins and feather that is really, truly Zigfield Folly's realness. I love that she paired a ginger to this look. It was a smart move. This could have been a very too easy category for her, so I'm glad that she went in this direction. Yeah. Um, it's a fame. If you look at all her pictures next to each other, on this, she definitely didn't change her makeup for any of no, them. No, not at all. Um, it's good. I think the hair, like she kind of looks like uh, Ethel Merman in Hello, Dolly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next look, we'll get to that, but like she looks like Liza, like it feels uh-huh. very. She like was watching some musicals, and she was like, "This is what I'm inspired by." Um, <laughs> but no, I think it's a good look. I think, and for her, it's interesting. I've never seen her in this type of silhouette, right? So yeah, I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt, and I'm saying it's a fame. It's a fame for me. Audience agrees. Eighty five percent fame, fifteen percent shame. Next up is Nasha Lopez. No designers listed. I want to know who designed it because damn, she did that. This is so classic. I love the silhouette, the black and white dynamic, the oversight pearls were a standout. I know this is an expensive woman. And I want to know more about her. The black stockings were right on for this look. I am incredibly impressed here. And this left me with high hopes for what was to possibly come from Nasha Lopez. This left you with high hopes? It, yeah, compared to earlier, this I had hopes that maybe she's evolved. Okay, so this is my issue with this look. Um, it's the length. It's a really odd length. So like the jacket is too long. It should be a little more like at the waist and Mm -hmm. the pencil skirt is too short. So she has the proportions off on this like Chanel type um, look. I know what she was going for and I do think she looks pretty, but I don't, not like the biggest fan of it. I, I feel again, the shoulders feel like a little boxy. I don't think it flattered her body. That's fair. I can see definitely see that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give her a fame. I'm going to say shame. 
that's all right. Audience, 64% fame, 36% shame. Next up is Candy Muse. Okay. Look by Casey Slater, hair by Koji Ichikawa. She says she is going with supermodel RuPaul, but all I'm seeing is Cynthia from Rugrats. Um, we have got <laughs> another candy in orange and pink. It's not the most flattering looks. I'm not going to lie. I think the hair is wild. I almost wish she flipped this with the other look. Because for... Um, I don't know. This feels like too modern. Yeah, I I did hear someone say, like, what a choice to say that the person who's judging you is the best. Correct. <laughs> do it, like, right there. Um, I knew exactly the look when she came mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I have an issue with the skirt. I think the skirt, like, the proportions seem off. Yeah. Um, and also, like, it needs to be more volume on the shorter part. It feels um, like an afterthought. Or just don't do the shorter part. Just have the train part. You I know? agree. And and Casey Slater's done so many brilliant looks before. This was a little shocking. And the body, the bodice, the boobs are weird. They're like in, they're too close together because she's not wearing boobs. And then also the body feels boxy to me. Um, overall though, like I think she looks great. I understand the reference. I'm going to give it a very soft fame. And I'm going to give it a soft shame. Yeah. In the audience, they're as confused as we are. 52% fame, 48% shame. Now, I want to ask you a question because you, you, you're you a drag lover. You've known drag for a very long time. Remember the time when drag artists would um, contour their titties on their chest? Have we just moved past that? No, because actually behind you right now, you can see Alexis Michelle doing it. Well, it's a, it's a New York thing because you know you know the queen who I saw the first time do it from when I started watching drag Funny. was Britta Filter. Oh, yeah. um, best fucking titty contour I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, she does have a good titty contour. Um, I just think it depends on the look. And I think it depends yeah, that's on fair. Like, maybe how much time they had because we don't know how much time they were given in between each look. Five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, God, I don't want to do this one. Um, Darian Lake, uh, look by Argonian Photography, hair by Aggie Dune. Um, this look is so busy and so confusing. She's giving you Renaissance chic, but also fell into a fabric bin and popped out wearing whatever she found. The purple paired with ginger is always usually a good combo, but there's just too much. Um, with the next look too, and I, I, I just gotta ask this. Sometimes we know that the show assigns them certain people or themes or ideas because yeah. I don't think Darian would have voluntarily chosen either concept. And if she did, why? Okay. <laughs> so this Guinevere look that she is trying to do, the mixture of the patterns together and the different types of fabrics makes it look like a belly dancer from... Uh, you know, Aladdin, but then the wig is not fully styled. It kind of looks out the bag. Honestly, I thought she was Jinx the first time she came out. Not a read to Jinx, but season it, five Jinx, yeah. It's not, it's not good. It's not, it really isn't. Um, it's actually probably one of the worst looks I've ever seen. <laughs> um, you're not wrong. It, um, just like fashion wise, it looks very like I only had these things and I had to make a look. So this is how I put it together. But she didn't. She had time to make this look. <laughs> and and that's why it's it. so confusing. It's like, yeah. 
again, whatever this category was uh, shown to them, how she got to this decision is very, very confusing. I think where she went wrong is the skirt. If she had just kept the skirt yeah. same pale purple, it You're would right. have actually been nice. Um, and maybe didn't need that big cape, but if you're going to keep the cape, like maybe it could have had lights in it or something like, you know, I don't know. It's, it's good. The second, I actually like the Billie Eilish look. Oh, we'll get there. Oh, don't you worry. Um, this look, it's a shame for me, sadly. Bad shame. It's bad. It's audience 30% fame, 70% shame. Next, we have Monica Beverly Hills. Look by Randall Hill. I actually think this is cunt for her. Uh, she's giving you Cleopatra realness done for drag. I love her, how ornate the cat suit is. The cape is equally as stunning. I know who this character is, and she is serving. Yeah, I think she looks like Cleopatra. I think she's serving Cleopatra, and she looks great. Um, my one critique on this was that the cape, the print of the mm-hmm. print looked cheap. It didn't look That's as fair. ornate as the rest of the look. Yes. Um, but I still, it still like sold the story. Another uh, month she could have had it stoned. Yeah. Or even, I just don't, I think it's like, they obviously took a big print and mm-hmm. down like a little section of it. And then maybe it was just like the choice of section that they, you yeah. know. It, no, it, was, it was like two. It's a, I mean, a, it's a, it's a fame. Wow. It's I'll hard. give it a fame as well. The audience, 65% fame, 35% shame. James Mansfield, look by Pedro Nathan Luna, hair by James. I'm so glad that she is diversifying her portfolio in this first challenge. This could have easily been a vintage old Hollywood look, but instead she is celebrating her Mexican heritage. It's not the best constructed a- look, but it's evocative. Um, listen, I know there's a time restraint and I know there's a second look to be considered, but this could have been a fabulous makeup moment if she wanted to have it as well. Yeah. Um, looking at all of her looks, though, she did wear the same makeup in all three. So that was probably a time constraint thing. But I this is one of my favorites of the night. I yeah, love this was really, really cool. It's and, a fame. And they commented on how she kind of served like a Helena Bonham Carter, like kooky version. And I agree with that. It was absolutely also, I do love that the white panel that's coming down the center kind of evokes a skeleton's legs. Yeah. You know, it looks like a, she's, it's like Dia de los Muertos. Mixed. That's why I would have loved to see that as a makeup look. But again, that she had two looks to do. Yeah. Next yeah. time. It's a fame. Audience, 82% fame, 18% shame. Next, we have Jessica Wilde. Look by Chakra. It's Night of a Thousand Nefertiti's. I think she looks so good, though it does veer into a bit of a costume. She is serving the character perfectly. I love the blue accents against the gold. She did what she wanted, and I'm here for it. Yes, I think I agree with everything you just said. She looks absolutely stunning in the face. I understand the Nefertiti. I think where she needed to lose, she needs to lose the cape. If yeah. she lost the cape, there's already a flowy skirt and or maybe the cape needed to be one of those like tiered cut out white things that was just on the arms. Oh, yes. I'm here for it. Very goddess. Behind the back. Yeah. yeah no, I'll I think give it a fame. Fame. Audience, 88% fame, 12% shame. Jimbo, no designers listed. She is serving you Marilyn Monroe, but done with camp. We've seen so many drag artists tackle the classic silhouette, but Jimbo has made it come to life with this oversized dress flying in the wind. The construction of this garment is so cool. 
obviously it photographs better than it walks on the runway but this is who i know jimbo to be she is a moment maker and this was a moment yeah it's definitely i think this is my favorite look of the category um I'm i think so high fame um i thought it walked well i loved the movement of the skirt and i knew exactly what it was but also i liked that there was variation in the skirt like the wind coming out of mm -hmm. you know um no it was great i loved it and this was so smart it's a fame Audience, 94% fame, 6% shame. And finally, La La Re. Look by Anthony Ray, hair by GL Walton. I did not expect this. And frankly, I'm amazed at how incredible this is. She's got this beautiful silver sparkle fabric design in an elegant old Hollywood red carpet silhouette. The touch of the fur trim on the bottom of the cape not only elevated, but it brought it to a whole new level. If this is the new La La Re experience, sign me up. Um, I, I, <laughs> uh, I think she looks great. I actually, I've worked with this fabric before and I find it to be not only uncomfortable, but a little cheap, um, because it does not sparkle on the runway, the way it looks in person. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also that white faux fur, like looked really faux. Um, it didn't look like it wasn't fluffed up. It needed a little bit of, uh, of love and zhuzh. I think in theory, yes, I agree. I want to go on the Lala Re experience, but with this look, I actually am going to give this a shame. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Right. And also I feel like it's very flat, like the all silver. It doesn't have enough, like she needed a belt or something or like something. I'll give you that, like yes. Pop the look, you know, it's, it's too, it, it's not, it needed sparkle. It's not sparkling. Audience, 88% fame, 12% shame. Mm -hmm. Next I, category. I feel like these votes are because they like the person and not the, it's not about the look. Listen, believe me, the amount of times I've said that on this podcast about certain things, I'm like y'all are a little biased, but that's fine. Because I love ready her. For, okay, yes. Are we going ready to... for category is famous now and on the runway. We're going to play again. Same oh. or shame. It's going to be a theme. All right, Lexis Michelle, designers listed. This was a hard one to pull off, especially for my friends who are watching Drag Race Espana 3, where a queen did try to do the Kim K Met Gala look. Mm. Alexis did what the other queen did not. She made it form-fitting. The body is right. This was a very bold move, and I hate that we have to acknowledge a Kardashian as a famous or fashion icon, but here we are. Do you think she had makeup on, or did Alexis just wipe it all off? I mean, I would have. I think she had makeup on because I think she kept the makeup from yeah, she definitely did. look for the last look on the runway. And yeah, yeah she did she had to reapply after sweating it off. Um, no, I, this is a fame. I think it was very well executed yeah. and I love the ponytail. So smart. Yeah. It's a fame for me. And the audience agrees. 82% fame, 12, 82% uh, fame, 18% shame. Next up is Kahana Montrese. Look by Jeffrey Kelly. This was absolutely one of my favorite looks of the night. She is giving you Lil Nas X does drag and it's done exceptionally well. The fuchsia is giving, the harness is giving, the dress is giving. What I appreciate Kahana doing here is she is easily could have gone with something slutty and a two-piece but she is serving you sexy with just barely a touch of skin showing that is true talent she made this moment hers well done yeah i agree i knew exactly what it was when it walked out and i think it's a very very creative interpretation of that little nas look and yeah it's a fame 
absolutely fame for me audience 97 fame three percent shame i'm gonna find you one person out there and 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 say boo all right next up heidi and closet look by mondo guerra hair by gl walton she is giving hallie and chloe bailey vibes i think it's cute the bow is big the pattern fabric is really beautiful I'm not loving the proportions because Heidi does have an incredible body, but there's something off with just how big the bow and the ruffle dress is that it loses the shape. I would not have gone with a metallic belt. It does throw me off. The only way it could have worked is if it married into the heels a bit more, but that being said, I love the the, the shoes as they are. And the hair. If you told me that Jada Essence Hall let her borrow it, I would actually believe you. So these, yes, these shoes are actually have been on the show before. Oh, Evie Oddly in her caftan runway on season 11. Oh, and cute. Also seen them a few other times. I own them. They are only maker. They are the most uncomfortable shoes I have ever Uh-oh. But they do look good. <laughs> um, I think she looks great. I think I'm going to give her a fame just because I like in this interpretation of the category. She's not necessarily specifically giving a person, but kind of this like African new wave. Yeah. Uh, fashion which has been like you know storming recently it's very wakanda it's very like i am giving you a silhouette of like an, a young heiress but done in my way mm-hmm. and i i love it i'm here for it i'll give it a fame as well audience 69 fame 31 shame oh god mrs kasha davis look by maya douglas hair by aggie dune jewels by m's accessories this was a sad moment I know what she's doing here. It's Chris Jenner meets Liza, but the velvet fabric with the color dots make it look like a clown on screen. I bet in person, maybe it's beautiful. It's not working for the camera. She had an opportunity to do something groundbreaking for Kasha, but this was safe and very underwhelming. I always thought when she came out was, I got you. I got you. Yeah. Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Literally. definitely Liza. It's not current. Um, she thought it was Kim or... Uh, mommy kardashian chris kardashian but it's not um because chris kardashian is very sleek and has fashion sense and this i don't mm-hmm. does is it serving boca it's serving boca bingo collar it's very like oh yeah i'm from a different era i feel like she's kind of this could have been the last category i know you said it before and yeah it's it's a shame it's definitely a shame audience 25 percent fame 75 percent shame Nisha Lopez, no designers listed. I thought that this was exceptional. Like, I was like, okay, maybe I won't say Elimination Lopez anymore in this house. Uh, the hair is laid. The dress is exceptional. This great fruit color line dress. Give me more, mama. She looks expensive. This is Paris Fashion Week come to life. Again, she's, she's on the right track until later on. Yeah, I do love this look as well. She looks just like Donatella. And the lo- I love the look because I don't think it's a recreation of a Versace gown. I think it just emulates elements of versace yes um and it was one of the only looks that really played in with this background that they had this like silver mm-hmm. like you know metallic background yeah i think she looks fantastic and i, I love it fame. Fame. fame 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 audience 77 fame 23 shame candy muse Coat by Furry Godmother. Okay, so pink and orange, third time in a row, but at least it's the soft pink this time. I think this is stunning and candy if your fur jacket goes missing, uh, as Jada says. Look over there. 
I love how simple the stoning is on the dress. It does not pop on camera, but if you zoom in, damn, it is right. The mug is right. Um, the hair is very interesting with the color streaks, and I think that's what makes it feel more modern. I think without it, she could have easily wore this for Famous Then. Um, and I really do think she should have swapped categories with these two looks. Yeah, I don't like this. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I'm looking, I don't remember. I didn't remember it. And I'm like staring at it closely and I'm just like, I don't know. And I love candy and I don't want to say this, but like, yeah, it's not good. And, you know, you said the mug was right, but I'm looking at why is her nose so pink? It's pink and orange is her color theme for this, this first three yeah. looks. Um, it's, I like the individual pieces. I just don't like everything mm-hmm. together. That's fair. That's fair. I think the wig yeah. could have been bigger. That is definitely correct. I think proportioning her wigs is one thing that she hopefully will work on this season. Um, I'm going to give it a fame. I'm going to give it a shame. Audience, 60% fame, 40% shame. All right, let's do this. Um, I think we're going to be disagreeing. It's Darian-like. Uh, look by Lucy and Donna. Hair by Darian. Um, I want to know why she chose Billie Eilish. Um, I know what she was doing, and for that, kudos. But this is drag, and this is Drag Race All Stars. I need elevation. Like perhaps maybe if she did like a Matt Billy inspired jacket and then revealed into a super stoned T-shirt and pants, maybe then we would have had our drag here. I feel bad for her because as much as she wants to sell it, it does feel like a mom going to Billy Eilish concert and embarrassing her kids while she thinks she's a cougar. Um, so maybe maybe that's the story she's trying to sell. Yeah, maybe it could be. I think. I like this because I liked that it was Billie Eilish. When I heard the commentary that they said it was too literal, I did agree with that. Um, and I, I know the way to solve this look. Yes, she please solve have, it. She should have done this as the, she comes out in this, but then she revealed to Billie Eilish's van, what magazine was she on where she was like a pinup girl? I think it was Vanity like Fair. Moved all of it and then had like a very different, you know, pinup girl look because she would have made a commentary about these young girls in fashion, as well as shown the two sides, you know? It's, I'm here for it. Yeah, I. it's it's definitely a t-shirt and jeans. And it does, I agree with you completely about the mom coming to the concert. That, was, that took me out. <laughs> it's a shame for me. It's a shame, yeah. The audience is very forgiving. Uh, 47% fame, 53% shame. So they're, they're, they're here for it. Mm. Monica Beverly Hills. Looks like Trisha Can, hair by Lila Scotta, boots by Barbie Blanco. She says she's serving Kim Petrus, and I think I get it, but it's not the Kimmy P reference that I would have slayed. Um, had she gone with like maybe that soft pink girly pop era of Kimmy P, this would have been really cool. Um, it feels a bit off the rack with if you have money, of course. Um, I'm a bit bored by it. Yeah, it's 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 a shame. Yeah, it's a shame. It's the audience still bidding. The wig is weird. I don't understand the glasses. I do like the purse, the Monica Beverly Hills bag. That was smart. That was smart. Um, audience did not care for it. 16% fame, 84% shame. Next, we have James Mansfield. Look by Voltage Couture, skirt by Pedro Nathan Luna, hair and bow by James. 
please welcome to the stage kinky joe joe siwa um this is stupid and camp and hilarious i love that she's giving you that infamous jojo siwa ponytail and the ear different skirt and bow but then she sluts it up with the body harness showcasing those titties this is jojo all grown up and again james could have done the obvious but she didn't and that's how you excel at doing all stars yeah, I love James and I understand the reference if it was Jojo Siwa, but I don't think it was. And I, the, my issue is I don't think it fits the, the theme. I don't mm-hmm. think that it's very fashion now. I think it's very fashion 2013. That's fair. That's definitely fair. You know? um, uh, that's fair. It's Xenon. I, I would give this a soft shame. I don't love it. it. I'm going to give it a fame. And the audience, they're, they're a little mixed too. 68% fame, 32% shame. All right. Now we have Jessica Wilde. Look by Chakra, hair by Melissa B. Fierce. Um, this was hot. Bad Bunny is hot. Jessica Wilde is hot. This red latex looks so good on her. Um, she is selling it and she knows that she is turning people on as she's doing it. Sometimes a simple silhouette in the strong material is all you need. Um, and then she's got those sleeve gloves. Uh, she is ready for a night of fisting. <laughs> Aren't we all? Aren't um, we all? I think it's very interesting that the hair is by Melissa B. Fierce because I have seen Melissa B. Fierce do this Bad Bunny number before. Oh, interesting. She probably literally just borrowed the wig that she uses for that number. Um, yeah, I think she looks cool. Again, I think there's like a proportion issue. Um, but it's like almost like trying to be too literal with the Bad Bunny. And so mm-hmm. like these, I'm trying to find this photo. The shoes to me were like a little... Yeah, it's like they... It's the length of the shoe with the length of the dress. It's and then the shoulder. I don't know. There's just something about it with the flat wig that made it not as successful as it could be. It's drag, but it also feels boy to me. That's fair. I can see that. Yeah. I'll give it a fame. Yeah, it's a soft fame. Audience, 92% fame, 8% shame. Next up is Jimbo. Look by Alice Victoria Creative. Hair by Stefan Scotto de Cesar. Nails by Evelyn Vera Nails. This is so modern and not what I expected from Jimbo, so I'm loving it. She's got this Victor and Rolf silhouette that says like me on the front. And this is as modern as you can get with the chaos that is known as social media. I love how simple and evocative it is. Smart move with the thumbs up hair. Like that is the camp I want. Yeah, it's definitely a fame. She looks amazing. And again, it's like every time she comes out, she looks completely different. Mm-hmm. She was the only person who changed her lip color. She changed her makeup a little bit. You know, I like agree. she's doing different looks. And I really like that spike collar necklace. This is a fame. Absolutely. Audience, 92% fame, 8% shame. And finally, La La Re. No designers listed because who wants to claim it? Uh, this sucked to go after Jimbo because the font ruined it. I think the concept of Ruli fans was smart, but the execution was not it. The neon yellow wig is a good distraction for what is on the body, um, but I am not here for this experience. The color of this bodysuit was so spot on, though. Like it perfection looked naked because mm-hmm. it was like a true nude illusion. And I feel like a lot of girls struggle with that on the show. Um, yeah, I don't, I'm not the biggest fan of it. It's again, like, I know what she was trying to do, but it's, I just don't care. Yeah, um, it's a shame. Yeah, shame. Audience, 60% fame, 84% shame. 
Now we're going to have no official results of the queens re-enter the workroom in their famous now looks. Alexis says the girls turned it out as this is all stars and bitches came to play. As the girls de-drag, we are going to watch Lala jiggling her titties as Alexis watches from the side as we enter our girl crush era. Alexis reveals that her drag race crushes are one of their drag race crushes in the room. She wants that Lala re-experience. Dare I ask, who's your drag race crush? This is stupid. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I don't really feel like I have an option here. Sure you do. Um, yes, my drag race crushes Alaska. A, a perfect, amazing choice. Um, let me think for a second. Um, I got to meet my drag race crush, crush in London. Um, I got to meet my favorite drag race twink, Scarlet Harlot. Oh yeah, the cutie. So um, cute. I Carmen Ferrala. She was in the hotel room across from me. Just it's, saying, I wish. Oh my gosh, she's stunning. Love how much of a bitch she is, you know? Mm-hmm. Like she's not mm-hmm. a nice person, but she never claimed to be. And <laughs> she's very, very, very attractive as a man. Um, Gorgeous. I also would say um, Envy Peru. There's another beautiful, beautiful human. And Janie Jacquet. That season was like popping off. It's true. (laughs) Janie, if you're listening, I'm still waiting for my t-shirt you promised me. You said you're going to give me the workout t-shirt. I want it. (laughs) All right. Um, After a quick product placement from Sunday, Riley, uh, please sponsor me. I love your products. I literally use them every day. We have Beverly saying um, her titties are new compared to Jimbo's, which look old. And now it's time to start strategizing. And of course, it will be Candy leading the charge, asking who they are shocked to see there. Nisha will say Jimbo as she was gagged as she didn't think they would be crossing countries. And Candy thinks she's crossing the pond. But alas, Canada is above us. Um, Candy, I'm going to send you a world map. Um, Might help you out. Candy says that Jimbo's creative and funny reminds us that RuPaul loves the bitch. Jimbo and her hairy chest go over to the girls where she is asked why she decided to compete for a third time. She says doing drag and competing is her favorite thing. She says it's terrifying and exhilarating, but it's the best opportunity to show what they love to do. She knows this is her gravy train and who knows how long it will last. So why not keep on choo-chooing along? Yeah, I, I like the answer. It was honest. Absolutely. I mean, there are definitely queens who don't want to do it as much, but this is what makes Jimbo happy. Keep doing it. Okay, so I think this is the perfect time for me to say what I wanted to say earlier about Nasha. Okay, so I think Nasha Lopez is the perfect example of a person who is amazing at drag but is not good at drag race. They're yes. like, they, some people just are not good at the challenges or the format. It doesn't make them a bad drag queen. You know, Correct. she won Mrs. and Mr. Continental. She's a great host in Chicago. But then there is to go up against someone like Jimbo, who is so good at competing at Drag Race. It's like unfair. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like some of these challenges are built for people like Jimbo. And yeah. I know. I fully agree. And I said a lot on the podcast is just because you're not good at Drag Race does not mean you're a bad drag artist. Yeah. There is Drag Race and there is being a drag artist outside of the show. And you're right. Nisha is very good on the microphone. She knows how to captivate a room. Yeah. But there's just something that's there's a disconnect when it comes to the game of drag race. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Yeah. 
Monica shares that it's been nine to 10 years since she was there and reveals she would be dumb to pass up this opportunity. Mm-hmm. Jessica notes something I was worried about for her, as she says the evolution of drag is different. When they were there, it was who had the best Forever One Twenty Forever Twenty One dress. Uh, listen, she's not wrong, um, and it was never she even. Is, she is wrong. It's whoever had the best wet seal dress. Wet seal. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Um, Heidi joins Lala Ree in the Miss Congeniality corner, uh, the nice hoe corner, but will they be nice this season? Lala says absolutely not. There is no award this season, so no point in trying to be nice. So we know how she's going to be playing. She will do whatever she needs to be strategic. She was trying to be fancy and say strategic um, and strategize. Is that a hard word? Strategize? Yeah. Yeah. I think she tried to combine some words like strategic. I think so too. Strategicious. There's your new single. <laughs> uh, so Heidi will be mocked for her denim homemade gaff. She is so poor in her head, and that keeps her humble. Um, didn't know that I was going to make the edit, but that was that was kind of funny. Yeah, I was also talking about this with some girls, and then we were like, "Wouldn't it make it bulky?" Because denim is like not a fabric. Yeah. Yeah. Now the producers needed some discussion on the twist. So they have James and Darian discuss. James is deadlocked on the twist and what it means to have another way to win. Darian wonders if it is a point system or a popular vote. She got one of them correct. And James wants a death match. (laughs) Alas. Darian is in confessional, throws out the idea that if you get voted out, you take someone with you. That would be savage. But here's what I would love a twist where the eliminated queen could either like grant immunity or give an advantage to a queen in the next um, competition. Like that's how you make alliances come to life. Like a fire token. Like maybe. There it is. (laughs) I'm here for it. Uh, Rue returns to tell them about the Maxi Challenge. They will be performing new versions of the underground club classic Money, Success, Fame, Glamour, written and performed by the fabulous Pop-Tarts, a.k.a. Drag Race executive producers Randy Barbado and Fenton Bailey. Didn't see that twist happening. Why are they trying to make this song seem like it was a hit? I've never heard of it, and I don't think I'll ever hear of it again. Um, Yeah, I have my own opinions on Randy and Fenton. I think they're, I know I'm glad that they made drag race and that's all i'm gonna say yeah um they're like you know what we want more people to know our names here's our song right they will be working in two groups simply based on how they are standing we will have alexa Steri and heidi kahana candy and nisha doing the glam rock mix and then james jessica jimbo lala monica and kasha doing the disco remix which track would you have slayed um i could have slayed either of them um, I do think that performance and is one of my strong suits. So I I know how to differentiate my dance amongst. Mm-hmm. I know that if I ever do go on Drag Race, I'm gonna be the girl that gets called out to be the choreographer because I do have a master's in choreography. But um, um, I think I would have preferred to do the disco one, mm-hmm. just because I feel like it lends itself better to writing lyrics. Sure. Than a, the you know. Well, let's go to the lyric writing. The queens will break off and start the process of writing lyrics. Jessica thinks the challenge features all of her strengths, including dancing, singing, choreography. She loves disco. She's got her inner Donna Summer shining. James will be going old Hollywood, but making a lot of really dirty puns. Love that direction. And Monica will be serving sophisticated glamour with a banshee twist. 
she did her pre-arrival homework. She started writing lyrics before she got there, which is what all the queens got to do. If you're going to be on Drag Race, have at least a notebook full of phrases and rhymes. Yeah, I mean, there's some people have their flows set. I don't know if anybody noticed Shea Coulee on All Star 7. It was the same structure as her song from Bring It to the Runway. Mm-hmm. Just words. So it's like if it makes it easier for them then it works, then just do it. Lala will be giving her Lala ghetto experience feeling her Trina fantasy in disco era, which none of those things make sense together, but it's going to work. <laughs> Mrs. Kasha Davis will rap too, and we will get a sampling of it, and I wish I had an earpiece to tell Granny no. Um, maybe for the actual kids when you do story hour, but not for the Gen Z kids. They're not going to be here for Granny rap. I admittedly fell asleep at this part of the episode, and I woke, <laughs> I woke back up for the performance. That's fair. But yeah, I mean, I'm old now, and every time I watch the show, I fall asleep pretty fast. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I did miss some of this. Now, over on the other side, Kahana thinks it's booty shaking music, but Candy corrects her and says that it's glam rock, bitch. Listen, there are a lot of booty shaking glam rock music. Just listen to the Scissor Sisters. That makes my ass dance all the time. Yeah, but I think it was more the choreography that she was serving was definitely not, it wasn't glam rock and it wasn't booty shaking either it was very like broadway vaudevillian yeah presentational yeah candy says that glam rock is all about i don't give a fuck i'll do whatever i want not going to ask your permission and that is about what she's about nation wants to come up with a concept for their lyrics as a team and darian says for her it's been so long so she feels like she needs to remind the kids who she is she says you have to come out there out of the gate and put everything into it and she's going to go into it like a glory hole Balls to the wall. She's so funny. So um, good. And I do think that she did. I think I don't, we'll get there, but I don't, she should have been the bottom. Um, yeah. Candy wants to come up with a group name. She wants something stupid. She suggests fame whores. Alexis riffs off that, says fame tarts. Um, they're literally making them eat it. There we go. The fame tarts. Now we're going to get some dancing, and I'm excited to hear your opinions on uh, the things that they're about to do. Um, Kahana wants to rock it out, shake her wig and pussy. So who's going to spearhead the choreo? Heidi is nominated and reminds us that she choreographed I'm That Bitch on season 12. I did not remember that. I did. And it was so great because remember she got sick. That's why her hair and makeup were so bad. Right, right, right. She still was able to like pull out break dancing moves. I really liked I'm That Bitch. I thought it was a great episode. Oh, it was a great track. Yeah. They're going to start and Heidi is giving Fosse Amoeba and Section of Poses. And if you look to the side of the stage, the other team is not living for it. James is confused why they're doing Fosse during Glam Rock. But Jinbo will do her best Trinity saying, where is the glamour? Where is the rock? (laughs) Uh, You know who else is not feeling it? Candy. Um, She's quiet, which means she's not happy. She finds it very corny. She thinks this is not what rock stars do. She wants to be rock and roll diva. So Heidi's like, okay, be a diva. Kahana will suggest that they set spots, do their verse, and go from there because we all know that they're going to have more time when the cameras aren't rolling. Yeah, it's like, let's film your first three minutes of rehearsal and make it seem like you're stressed out, but really we're going to give you two more days and then it's going to be perfect. Um, yeah, I I liked it, um, but I do I think it's so funny that Candy had an opinion but then decided to do her famous high kick, you know, that she does and everything. <laughs> Rock. Uh yeah, I just think that overall the song is lacking. It's not a great song, so mm-hmm. it's not easy to choreograph to a good to a bad song. 
Now, Heidi is now going to be sitting on the floor after Candy calls her out, but Alexis will ask her to do the choreography, which Heidi's like, do you want me to do it? She thinks they lost their marbles and they say they will listen to her and then they will throw in their two cents. She says, relax and let her do the choreography. Now, it's time for Destiny's Badass Kids, as Lala Loving refers to them. Um, Jimbo calls them the Glitter Babies. We'll find out their real name in a little bit. Now, Jessica and Lala will be co-dance captains of the team. There's going to be a lot of spinning and Jimbo spinning was very campy. Yeah. I knew that Jimbo was going to struggle here. Jessica will have a move for every lyric, and the side girls are being like, that's too much. And Heidi suggests Jessica slow down as she's leaving the girls in the dust, like Jimbo, who literally needs it to be dumbed down for her. Monica loves Jessica, but in her world, not everyone can do Susie Q to Susie Q to Susie Q. Can you Susie Q? Yeah, I think so. If I know what the, I think I know what the reference is. Yeah, I did not know the reference. I was like, okay, maybe it's over my head, but um, Susie Q. They do it in the movie Cry Baby with okay. Jack Depp. Um, but yeah, it's I think it's some version of the twist. It's from that era. Heidi thinks they are looking like lost chickens. Jessica does not think the rehearsal is going well, and as they have all this work to do all night long because they cannot fuck it up. But overall, this was an interesting segment as we're going to move into this first challenge the tension is there the girls want to win they're going to argue and get each other's heads because i think that's what this season's going to be all about is they Mm -hmm. all want the win more more so than i think any other all-star season as a group they need the win for their careers yeah i feel like a lot of the previous all-stars we've had actual stars of the show come in after they've had big success and then they're just you know getting a crown that they didn't get in the first place none of these girls want a crown a lot of them didn't even win a challenge. So right. they have a lot to prove this season, and they, at least in terms of the drag race format. And I do think that that raises the stakes and the pressure. Absolutely. It's Lemonation Day as the girls get ready to perform money, success, fame, and glamour. Darian didn't get much sleep, so she's got eye patches on, which Jimbo's like, I need one for my entire face. Darian has come over to give Jimbo's titties a squeeze. Do they pass the Darian Lake squeezing test? They do. Have you gotten to squeeze Jimbo's titties? No. So I met Jimbo for the first time this weekend out of drag, but I would love to <gasps> squeeze Jimbo's titties. They look so fun. With, with consent. Of course. Over <laughs> with James and Lala. She says she's feeling good, but if it looks good, she's going to make it look, if she's not feeling good, she's going to make it look like the others are actually off. Um, smart strategy for a non-dancer. Monica is going to tell Nisha that the rehearsal was a shit show. Monica is in a mood. So Nisha says not to get defeated. Monica knows there is no room to pout, so she will slay the choreography and do what she has to do. It almost felt like Monica was checked out this entire episode already. Yeah, and they didn't really focus on her too much. Um, I don't know if she was checked out, but like maybe the writing was on the wall for her that she was mm-hmm. like, I feel like something, is, she didn't feel comfortable, so she, it was showing, you know? Yeah. But also, hasn't she been, besides Jessica, it's been the longest since she's been there? I believe so. And I do think that Jessica's more involved in the drag world than Monica is. Right. So it's it almost feels like she was trying to like come back and restart things up again and like, you know, jump into something that she, she's out of her league in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. She says being there means a lot to her as she's waited for this moment for a long time. She's nervous and has a lot to prove. She knows they are all feeling the same type of way. Now we're going to have some alliance talk as Jimbo and Candy are there together and discuss not sending each other home. As Mm -hmm. Candy reminds us, this competition is a roomocracy, not to be confused with room monopoly. Um, 
Candy says you need votes on your side, and in order to have that, you need friends. Heidi, Jimbo, and Candy were on tour before the competition, and she says you can call it an alliance, but you're just making a pact of having each other's back. Do you think it's harder to come onto an all-star season without friends? And can queens who are not as involved in the franchise succeed in this version of the show? No, I don't think so. I think that you have to have friends and you know, every season has shown that the the queens that have the most connections are the ones that are making it to the end. Or even it's not even about necessarily connections, but like a reputation. Sure. Right? You have to have a reputation that people believe you can win and they want to keep you in there. Um, this actually reminded me of uh, on All, All Winners uh, season 40 of Survivor when Tyson was talking about like that poker alliance that the people mm-hmm. who previously known each other before the season like okay so they worked together they had a pre-existing connection and now it's coming into the the show um yeah i'm actually i'm really happy about the alliance between candy heidi and jimbo because they're the three people who i probably want to go the furthest yeah i mean they are definitely like the fan favorites of the cast yeah but also that makes them big threats so it's good that they're trying to protect each other or shield each other (laughs) We're going to talk about the twists a little bit. They want Rue to reveal it to them. And um, again, it's James being the one who brings it up. Heidi will bring up the voting of it all. And Alexis says that she feels so strongly about her group that she couldn't send anyone from her group home. And I love that the show is giving us week one alliance to really shake things up. But this is going to prompt Kasha to be like, wow. And Alexis is like, I don't know everything about the other group. With everything being taken into account, like the fashion show and the runway, it's a full package to consider. Alexis wants to play fair, but Candy pushes back and says, how fair is the game when there is $200,000 on the line? Which is a very fair point. Sorry, there's a, someone mowing the lawn outside. Oh, I can't so, even hear you. You're good. Okay, good. Um, yeah, it is. She's totally right. And I think Candy has her head in the right place. Mm-hmm. you got to yeah. come into this game knowing that there are friendships that will be there after the show. But this yeah. is a competition. Yeah, Exactly. Candy says she knows a lot of girls want to vote on criteria, but thinks it's a, a lot of them bitches want to send home the biggest competition. But who's going to admit it publicly? No one. And I think she feels that way because she knows she's some of the biggest competition. Exactly. Yeah. Jimbo says, do whatever you think is best, but be prepared for some pressure if you're not doing what the group feels like you should do. Jimbo reminds us that on UK versus the world, she did some questionable voting of herself, uh, like picking Juju B, which put a target on her back when Pangina eliminated her. But more on that in episode two recap. Candy notes that no matter what, eliminations are going to be messy. People's dreams are going to be crushed. Get ready for face cracks and claws coming out. It's going to be severe up in here. Let's go to the main stage. Um, Rue is serving Michelle's favorite color, green. Um, kind of love this look of her on her. Our truth. Um, but yes, I love this look. She looked so good. It was a very, very strong look for her. This week on the panel, we have Michelle Visage, Ross Matthews, and the wickedly talented Adele Dazeem, a.k.a. Adina Menzel. <laughs> yeah. Interesting choice for a week one, but I love her. Um, but I think that she's, you know, they usually have like a really, really famous person week one, and she's really, really famous. I feel and like- now we have unlocked Broadway and movie version, Alphaba and Glinda's. The multiverse of madness of Wicked. I love it. Grace. Yeah, I saw that tweet. Um, I love her very much. I think that she's kind of perfect for this challenge because she's done so many versions of music. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that she will be able to pick up the strong girls. She's Absolutely. 
Seems like a good casting person. Let's talk about our first group. It's the Fame Tarts doing glam rock. Um, I think they looked pretty good in in these looks. I almost wonder what again what their prompt was to bring from home because um, they were pretty consistent. Um, Alexis gave you Broadway in the house, and the fact that she referenced turning green and Adina was there. Do you think she knew, or is that just a straight up Tamar reference? I think it was both. I think she knew. Yeah. I don't. I don't ever think Alexis doesn't know. That that's fair. She's she's very <laughs> smart cookie. Yeah. Uh, Darian felt like she was out of her element, but she did commit to the bit. I love that Cindy Lauper inspired look. Yeah, I thought she looked great, and I actually don't think she did as bad as they said she did. I no, like, I agree. You know, the choreography wasn't great, so how was she supposed to do? You know. Do yeah. I mean, she was a little bit out of sync when it got to the chorus part. Um, I but... mean, this though, she to me was one of the only ones that was trying to like do her, take the movement and make it her own and put it in exactly her character, which made her late. But also, it's like we want to see that, right? We want to. It made her stand out. Now, I'm just gonna say it, that amoeba reveal to Heidi was giving me Evil Queen and Pop Off Ate, and we all know how much I adore that. Pop off Ate. I was so wishing all the Flex Bomb girls were going to be at DragCon and they would do a surprise performance, but alas, two of them weren't there. It's okay. One day. Oh, no. Um, Hiding the Lips, three times, one episode. Yeah, that's when I, see what I said earlier? I was like, mm-hmm. it's starting to get a little tiring. Yep. Um, yeah. So Hannah looked incredible. And I will admit that I did not love her style of rap for this track. It didn't quite fit the flow but the looks were to die for. So I understand what's going to happen later. I had no question in my mind that she is a star. I could not keep my eyes off of Kahana the entire Mm -hmm. performance. I have no idea what she said in her verse, but I didn't care because she, in all the scenes where the other queens were, were doing their verses, I was watching her. Absolutely. Now, Candy did Candy. Whoever, though, did the auto-tune made her sound so tinny. I don't know what was happening there. Yeah, and once again, she did that high kick that she needs to stop mm-hmm. doing. But um, it's yeah, I I don't love I didn't love anyone's verse really. Like I didn't think that any person really like I don't remember anyone's verse, and that's a problem. So Nisha had a lyric that I want to point out. Um, it left a little bit to desire. She said, "If you don't know my name, you only have yourself to blame." Smart idea if you included your name at the beginning of the verse. Right. Uh, well also like why do we have to be blamed we don't know your name because you're giving us mediocre drag baby let's go overall i think it was a fine performance um watching it maybe not the best i'll listen to it over watching it um i preferred this track over the disco track song only i think in the long run yes i also enjoyed this performance more all right next we have the glitter chicks doing disco um, this was very interesting in the look department because you had disco gold, disco silver, and then whatever Monica was wearing. Uh, she was really <laughs> the outlier. Um, James's rap was perfect for her. I think she did very well. Yeah, I agree. Jessica Slade um, did not like the first part when she started singing, but the last part where she sang, I thought was good. Mm-hmm. Their choreography was a lot of disco moves and James was so off at them. Yeah, and so was Jimbo, and it just was kind of like I didn't know where to look. Yeah, and it was. I didn't. I really don't remember too much about the two performances because I think I just mentally blocked it out because it was so like I don't know. Like, there's been such amazing songs on the show, 
yes. from you know pop off ate from bing bang bong you know um Riju Rochu, Kitty Girl, like there's a high level for these challenges. So like they ha- if they don't meet it, it's just gonna be immediately. I'm I'm not gonna why did you just name my my Mount Rushmore of RuPaul drag race songs? They're the best. They are so good. Yeah. <laughs> um their chorus formation, not great, but then I think Jimbo did better than I thought she was gonna do. She really right. made it her own. She did, and she didn't stand out in a negative way to the point right. of while wow, she's fucking up really badly. It was like, can I swear? Yeah, go for it. Have I been swearing? I don't even know. It's You're good. Um, yeah, I just don't feel like it, she didn't stand out in a great way, but she didn't stand out in a negative way. So I understand why she's safe. Lala knew the assignment. She wrapped it very well. But poor Monica, she was so in her head in the group parts and even in her part. Like, I wanted her to have more confidence. Yeah, you can. There was something off. You could feel it. There, the whole episode. It's like almost spiritually, she wasn't invested. It's nerve wracking when you're there with these people you have literally just watched on TV, and you've been on almost a decade ago. Yeah, and she didn't do well on her first season. No, so because again, she was in her head. Yeah. Now, Kasha, she brought conviction in Cam, and she knew exactly who she is. I take it, Grandma, back, Grandma. You, you, you did well. I'm proud of you. She did very well in her verse. I did feel like she was one of the clearest in terms of mm-hmm. the delivery. Like I knew what she was saying. Um, and I think the only thing that kept her out of the top was her looks. There it is. Yeah. And then the key change. I love a key change, but that was a weird musical moment. I did not need it for this track. Um, but ending it with brunch, bitch, I'm hungry. That was funny. That was good. I mean, I'm hungry right now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's let's keep on trucking along because category is famous forever. And on the runway, we're going to play, guess what? Fame or shame. Uh, look at this through line. Alexis Michelle. No designers listed. Um, she is peachy keen in Velvet Peach. I think she looks so sexy and the hair is laid right. I love that she's being bold with asymmetry, though I don't care for it personally. I want a necklace. Please give me a necklace. Why is she not wearing a necklace? Someone's wearing a necklace. Um... I think she looks absolutely drop dead gorgeous when she mm-hmm. came out. I was just like, holy, she looks like Jessica Rabbit. Literally. Yeah. It's, Literally. And, and not a copy. It's like her version yeah. of it. And then you look at all her looks from the episode next to each other. They're all so different. She presented a dress. She presented a pant. She presented a jumpsuit. She presented, like, she gave you all the silhouettes, mm-hmm. you know? And even in her entrance look, she gave a short dress. Um, and I feel like overall, like, she had a really, she had a nice glow up. I agree. Ross says she looks stunning. He says her with her famous then looks, he always wanted to be cremated, but now wants to be buried in that. He says of the famous now, it was a risk, but it really worked. He says that he saw that in the musical number two, she is there to risk and win. Michelle says the famous now was a reference to Kim Kardashian's Balenciaga Met Gala look, which was a risk, but seeing Alexis up there doing something fashion forward was great. Adina says that she is in awe of her and thinks she looks absolutely stunning. She says the way she walked the runway was so elegant and exquisite. She says that she deserves to be in the spotlight. I will give her a fame. Fame for sure. Audience loved it. 100% fame. Darian Lake. Look by Peyton Mark Stone. Hair by Hats by Carlos. This is perfect for a signature drag moment for her. It's beautifully camp silhouette with a leopard print cascading in sequence. I think the hair is big and blonde and beautiful. Again, please tell me why all these people are forgetting their necklaces. Where Do they leave it at the hotel room? 
Did you say Darian Lake? Yeah. Um, yeah, there's no that because she looks amazing too. This is one of my favorite looks that she's ever worn. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Uh, Michelle says that she was Guinevere and thought the idea was cute. She says the Billie Eilish was not drag enough as it was a t-shirt. She says that she does need to kick it up like the fashion forever saying she looks beautiful. Rue says the t-shirt was too literal and that they want extreme. Ross says that during the musical number, she was great as she not only looked beautiful with her hair, but she was having fun. Adina noticed some choreographed uncertainty, but she says she had the best attitude and her energy was amazing. It is a fame for me. Fame for me too. And there's just one thing I want to say about Darian. There's no question that Darian is there and she's fighting. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that there was, there's definitely like with Monica that hesitation, but just because this wasn't her challenge does not mean that she doesn't deserve to, to stay there. I agree. Yeah. Um, audience, 80% fame, 20% shame. Heidi in Closet, look by Mulan Gabby, hair by integration. We got the lips again in an homage to the fifth element. I adore this look. It is drag. It's camp. It's an upgrade on the leprosy print. The black and white pair with that both pink and purple is my kind of fantasy. Um, love the hair. Heidi is here to win. And honestly, I'm loving this commitment out of her. She deserves to have this moment. I love this look. Yeah, I agree. I think that she looks fantastic. And it's, I loved that print so much. And I loved the pairing of the hot pink, you know, lining of the dress. I love the gloves. I love the reference. She looks fantastic. And it's Isn't there something so satisfying about lining? Yeah. Because so it's so beautiful. Garment. This is a fame. <laughs> Audience 97% fame, 3% shame. Next, we have Kahana Montrese. Look by David Dewar. Listen. This is how you do it. She said, I'm not going home first and you are going to love the impression I make. Again, we got this Vegas showgirl showgirling. It's a phoenix rising from the ashes after a day and night of hooking on the Vegas strip. (laughs) The detailing is exquisite. She's using her body to advantage. The back piece is brilliant. Absolute perfection. Yeah. Are the feathers the most stunning feathers you can buy? No, but she makes it up with everything else on her body. All right, so she to me looked like um, a Mortal Kombat character when she came out. Yeah, like it was very marrying the worlds of like traditional goddess look mixed with cartoon, mixed with Vegas. It was a very smart mix of items, and I, I love the wig being beaded and like. Um, no, I think she looks dropped gorgeous. I guess brilliant, brilliant for this episode. Ross says, bitch, she came in hot on All-Stars. She says, there is a power on fire thinner. Adina is speechless when she came out in the group number. She couldn't take her eyes off of her. She looks like she was spectacular. Michelle says that her presence was undeniable, but she went and really loved the tribute to Lil Nas X. She says of her runway that if she looked like that, she would probably wear it to the grocery store. Ruth says that she put in the hard yards and it showed it is a fame for me. Absolute fame. I think every look she presented was a fame so far. I think she's really showing up right. Audience, 92% fame, 8% shame. Candy Muse, look by Bunny B. Fly, hair by Chica Fuera. She's in the money. She's using that Rugo money to advantage. I think it's cute. I like the silver and red and how it's going all the way from the stone hair to the leotard. Kind of reminds me of Netta for our Eurovision fans. Um... I think it's elevated enough to say it's more than just a Leo, but again, these girls are bringing it every week, so this is safe, and that 
if this is just going to be the safe she's going to do all season long, it could hurt her if she ends up in the bottom and someone does something better. Yeah, I didn't love this. And the reason why I don't love it is because I think the proportions are really off on this garment. Um, it's like shorts. Is it shorts? I don't know. It's like a little, you know, yeah. mini romper. I don't understand the hips. I don't really understand the arms. I think the wig is like, it looks big, but it's not big enough. There's a lot of, I'm, I'm not a fan of this. I think what's crazy about Candy is like, even though I don't like the outfit, I still love her so much. And I still love her that it like, it, she, it, you just forgive her. Yeah, no, I agree. But I, I'm, <laughs> I will give her a soft fame here because I, I completely agree with everything you just said. It's it's a shame. I don't want to give her a shame, but it is. I have to be honest. It's not a great look. Audience, very yeah. mixed. 50%, 50%. We're polarized, Mama. She's the most polarizing character in Drag Race history. And if you don't have star quality, get the fuck out of here. Nasha Lopez, no designers listed. Uh, Stone Velvet is very sexy, but a Stone Katsu does not do enough on All Stars. Nasha yeah. could have been a contender for a top of this week, but this catapulted her package back down to safe. Um, the hair does what? not feel a bit like it is staying on her head. It looks like it's going to fall. Um, what about her performance this week made her a contender for the top? I think just the overall package from the the um, the fashion show. I thought she did fine. Oh, right. oh, we, we, we have very different opinions on that Jackie look. And I just That's feel true. like if you if you look at her entrance look as well, it was meh. That Jackie look was questionable. She looked great in the Donatella look. This look is not good, and I don't remember her verse. Um, I'm going to give this look a shame. <laughs> I'm going to give this look a shame as well. And I'm sorry, I don't have to be right. I'm sorry. No, you're absolutely allowed to be right. I mean, uh, that's the beauty of art. Everyone has an opinion. Right. The audience didn't like it either. 34% fame. 66% shame. Mm-hmm. Now we have James Mansfield. Look by Pedro Nathan Luna, hair by James. Listen, this is her signature jag. It's big, classic Hollywood. I think the pink satin dress is on brand for her, but what I do not love is that Teletubby belly. Um, I don't know <sighs> why it's there. I don't understand it. Um, also, like Candy's jacket, if her pink muffs go missing, look over there. Yeah. I met the Teletubbies at DragCon, and it was one of my favorite moments of my life. Me too. It was, I didn't get to meet him in the UK, but I met him here. We were like, no, we're standing online. Fuck interviews. We're going to go meet the Teletubbies. Uh, Dipsy is so frightening to look at because he has that straight up point. You're all a little like, scary. Yeah, I know. But anyways, um, James, I think what I love about James is his body shape. Mm-hmm. Like really defined curves. Everything is very cartoonish. Um, yeah, I think she looks great. Is, is it something I, I that I'm going to remember forever? She's kind of giving me a Malaysia baby doll fox thing with like, always looks great, but am I going to remember the looks later? Probably not. I agree. You know, <laughs> This is a fame for me. It's a fame for me as well. Audience, 72% fame, 20% shame. Jessica Wild. No designers listed. She's giving you rocker chic, and I love that for her. Um, the white hair is like she's being part of RuPaul's current era of hair. Um, yeah. I mean, listen, she's a woman of a certain age. I love that she's doing maroon velvet to give this look a bit of softness as the styling is edgy. Again, 
please tell me where the necklace is. Um, go talk to our friends at Ant Accessories. Um, you bet you were at the table at the end of Dracon. You know them. Uh, what did you think? Um, I think it's a fame. I think she looks great. I do like the color combo. I'm looking at her next to you right now um, in the screen. Uh, yeah, I think she looks... I love the hair. I think mm-hmm. I love that it's rock. Which, what was she? What team was she on? Rock or, D, or disco? Disco. Yeah, so I bet you this was her look for the rock challenge, to be really probably. honest. She probably. Be, what was the runway category again? Best drag? Famous forever. Signature drag. That's where I'm yeah. losing it a little bit. I don't think a lot of them are presenting like how they are going to be famous forever. I agree. You know, they're, yeah. It's, uh, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a, a fame. fame. Yeah. Audience, 75% fame, 25% shame. Next up is Jimbo. Look by Marco Marco, hair by Koji Ichikawa. Listen, I'm not going to lie to you. I thought we saw this before, but then I just remember that we've seen this creepy cartoon Jimbo world on her merch for a while, so branding yeah. for the win. The great thing about Jimbo is, again, she is so diverse that while you can't say this is a typical Jimbo look, you can uh. say it's wild and brazen, and that is her drag signature aesthetic. She is there to shock you, and this doesn't. The brain is creepy. It has 90s cartoon vibe. The face on the body was also creepy. But Jimbo's going to serve you something special each time. And that's why we adore the artistry she brings forth. Yeah, I love the wig with the two-tone color. And it looks like a brain. I love Just overall, this is one of my favorite looks like, period, on Drag Race. I love looks like this. I think that... It's highly creative. Again, it's another perspective that's totally different from what she showed here. Um, I love the graphic nature of it. I love the, you know, boobs being eyeballs and the eyelashes on the chest. And like, it's just, it's really cool. It's so well done. It's an absolute fame. Yeah. Audience loved it. 100% fame. La La Ri. Um, no designers listed. She's reclaiming the leotard by going half Leo, half dress. And I think she has achieved greatness with that. The one thing that I would have loved is that the dress covered the leg a little bit more because it yeah. does become a fashion silhouette and not a leotard with fabric attached. But the detailing of the leotard is immaculate. And I love the space buns. They're loose. They're free. She's stepping it up. Yeah. I agree. This is the best look of hers of the night. Absolutely. Yeah. Ross says his favorite line from the girl group challenge was, I eat hot chicken off diamond dishes. Adina says she was so powerful on stage in the girl group numbers, saying there is a crazy sexy energy coming from her. She says she was one of the standouts for her. Michelle says her Diane Carroll famous was, then was a beautiful homage. Her famous now, she had an issue with the letters. They should have looked a bit more put together. And Rue says that this is how she should look always. She says her pussy is fully stepped up. This is a fame. It's also a fame for me. Audience, 74% fame, 26% shame. Monica Beverly Hills. Uh, look by Eddie Couture, Jewels by Kelly Black. It's safe. It's a beautiful look, but it's safe. I do not care for the silver booties. Wish they were purple. Love the hair. Very sexy. Love the long pony. Um, she is painted. The purple earrings are beautiful. And because the neckline, uh, because it is stoned, I'll give her a pass without a necklace. Um, but this is where a fabulous runway can save you from the bottom. Yeah, I think that but it didn't save her from the bottom. No, it didn't. It was too yeah, safe. I think, I think it's, it looks like a brunch costume to me. Sure. Like, it's a great drag look. It's not, and it's not bad drag. It's just, it's, we've seen it before. 
Michelle says it's great to see her. She says her famous then was inspired by Cleopatra and says it was beautifully done. She thinks her Kim Patris was cute. She says her issue is that she's nervous as it's been long ass time. She can feel it when she was out there doing her thing. And she says when she shows that it makes them nervous. Ross says that he sees someone who is so ready for this moment in spotlight, who is so good at what they do that they need to own this moment. This is her first runway and we have a Monica crying moment as an homage to season five she says it's been a while and she really wants this bad and she knows that this is she is fierce and she just has to get there adina says even though she can feel she was holding back a little she got on stage after all this time and she did it she says she is exquisite and rue says the outfit is gorgeous she loved the cleopatra look she says she could tell that she was feeling it as she found her light in the moment in the costume she tells her to find the light in every situation soft fame Agree. Soft fame. Audience, 61% fame, 39% shame. And finally, Mrs. Kasha Davis, look by Thomas Ogden, jewels by Amped Accessories. It's glamorous housewife in silhouette. We know the silhouette works for her, so in that world, it's a bit easy and safe. She's going campy with the foam wig that is glitterized, but the purples clash. You have the dress rooted in blue with the wig rooted in red, and they just do not pair well together. Um, I think the gold bow and the hair need a necklace to ground the gold make it look cohesive but again this is safe i disagree i actually like the purple wig with the purple i like that it's like in the same family but it's not exactly the same um i love that wig i think it's fantastic um but yeah i do agree that the silhouette is safe and it is something that we've seen from her before many many times um i'll give it a safe fame because it's not bad yeah it's fame as well audience 68 percent fame 32 percent shame now Based on the girl group performances and all three of the fame looks, Rue has decided that Heidi, Candy, Nasha, Jessica, Jimbo, and Mrs. Kasha Davis were safe, leaving Alexis, Kahana, Darian, Monica, Lala, and James at the tops and bottoms. I don't necessarily agree with all of those placements. Yeah, I also, I think Jimbo should have been in the top. Yeah. I think that if we, it seems like they put a lot of focus on the runway show in terms mm-hmm. of the weight of this overall thing. And I think that Jimbo had the three three of the best looks of the night. Yeah. So kind of like aced all categories. I don't think that he was amazing in the in the challenge, but I think still think he looked great and is worth talking to. Um, I agree with Alexis for sure. Um, I agree with who else is in the top? Kahana. And I guess yes, I absolutely was was it Lala or James who were, it was the bottom and top? Apparently, I've I have seen in some recap pages that all four of them were in the top. Okay, interesting. And that and that there's two bo- two clear bottoms. Interesting, because so. I, I I know we've had that configuration before. Um, yeah, but okay, I'll go with that one because I do think that James did very well in the lyrics as well as a lot of the looks, and I don't I wouldn't put James in the bottom. Well, if that's yeah. the case, then I think you're right. I think Jimbo could have taken that spot. I think Heidi could have taken one of the spots. Maybe Lala was in the bottom because of Maybe. her two bad first looks. It's very possible. <laughs> now, based on the judges' critique, Kahana is the top all-star of the week, winning $5,000. Alexis, James, Lala safe, leaving Darian and Monica. I mean, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree completely. I do think that the bottom two is correct. I do think that the winner is correct. Um I think it's really interesting, though, to see someone like Kahana who, you know, had such a short time on Drag Race be in this position of power so quickly and have to make a decision about 
Adarian, who clearly in my mind is like a little more like experienced and tiered and like deserves to be, you know, not necessarily judged by Kahana. Right. Yeah. But now I think the this, writing is on the wall. I think you're right. No, this is normally where we would talk about some untucked things, but my schedule did not provide me to allow that for this recap. Is there anything you want to point out from untucked? Untucked was unreal. It was really amazing. So you didn't watch it at all? No, I watched it. I just didn't get to take like the extensive okay. notes. The Alexis Michelle taking over the moment and talking over every I was like, oh my God, this is so cringe. But Read it's the also room. like yeah, the greatest TV. It was like, so cringe. I, I didn't TV. know how I was gonna be received. Oh my god, <laughs> like make it about you, girl. No one like you're in the top. And what's they said, like, it's pretty, uh, it's a lot of emotion for safe. Well, it's, it's a lot of emotion for the top. <laughs> like literally this was so much worse than milk's moment. Yeah. But it was so good TV. I completely agree with you. All right. The girls head to the voting booth where they will make their first vote of the season. Kahana has switched into a beautiful black and white dance number. Can't wait to see how she twirls in it. Now, she knows that whoever she decides will set the course of the rest of the game. Will her vote matter? We're going to find out because it's time to lip sync. This week's lip sync assassin, Candy's like, who is she? We got Kenya Michaels. Forgive me. Uh, We had a Kenya Michaels thrown out there. We had a Valentina thrown out there. But Candy, it's your mama. Um, She heard the girls want to battle. It's Aja, and she looked good. She was wearing Isley glasses. She looked amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, the song is Freakum Dress by Beyonce. What a fun track. It's a fun track. I don't think that either of the girls were really lip syncing. They were like so focused on the dance. They weren't really like moving their lips that much. Yes. Um, but I do think that it's a fun, it's fun. And they obviously have budget because they're getting more Beyonce songs, you know, released from the vault. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think this was a brilliant way to start off the season. You're right. The lip sync may not have been there, but the energy was. Uh, when Aja fixed her hair with that reveal, it was over before it started. Yeah, but also, like, why were neither of them wearing a dress? I don't know. Good like, question. they were, well, Aja was kind of wearing a dress at the beginning, but it's just like, I wanted to see them do that in a freaking dress. That's fair. Now, Kahana yeah. did well. She couldn't really keep up with Aja the way she twirled and put on a show. In the end, Rue has decided that Aja LaBeja is the winner. Yeah. That means the cash chip of $10,000 will be rolled over. An accountant, Candy Muse, reminds us that is $20,000. Next episode. All right. Before we reveal who gets the chop, it's time to reveal the twist. Rue says that Drag Race has the most devoted fan base in the world and this season she is letting toxic. our voices be heard <laughs> like never before you're right the toxic is the key word here there are two ways to win the traditional way or the eliminating queens will compete in the online fame games where the runway looks of the eliminated queens will be showcased and any additional content the queens wish to post on their socials is up to them on the final days leading up to the grand finale fans will vote which one of the eliminated queens will win queen of the fan games plus a cash prize of fifty thousand dollars courtesy of sunday riley <laughs> what do you think of this twist i think it's great because i mean the big feedback and critiques of the past few seasons have been it's so sad when a person invests all this money into coming back on the show and they don't have the opportunity to show all their looks and I know a perfect example of this is like Irene Dubois went home first mm-hmm. last season, had amazing looks, 
and put them all online. And so they can make their money on their own socials. But this way it like ties it all together. There's, they have to show the looks. It also, if they continue to do this twist in future seasons, it will be interesting to see how it affects people's like attention to detail in, in every look. Absolutely. Right. I mean, I should, obviously it does yeah. amplify the amount of money you're spending um, on your package right. because when you get to the socials, you want to make sure the, the image you're putting out there is equally as grand. Right. And, you know, everybody hires photographers and this is how mm -hmm. we create the, the economy of drag race. Um, no, I think it's a good thing and I, I'm excited to see it. I'm also excited that it's not a lip sync twist like with Silky because I don't need to bring people back in. They got eliminated for a reason, but this still allows them to have their moment, you know, without affecting the rest of the company. Now, here, here's the one thing that I do want to say. Isn't it interesting that the second opportunity to win is a fashion-based competition with a season where most of the queens that are coming back had fashion faux pas all season long. Yeah, I think it's it's probably very intentional because they wanted to see them step it up. And I love it. I love it too because the ones who are doing well in fashion are really going to stand out. And I think, so the, I'm guessing if you make the finale, you can't win the fame games. I'm assuming that's probably the case. Well, then Jimbo's not going to win the fame games. <laughs> well, um. Yeah. I was just going to reveal that the queen who got the most votes is Monica Beverly Hills. Yet another season five diva leaving first on All Stars. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a combo of the fact that that season was so strong that like it's a it's a threat and uh, you know she's a threat in storyline. She's a threat in like people connecting with her. She's yeah, definitely. I think it was very clear from the moment she walked in the workroom that she was not at the level of the rest of the girls. Yeah. And she was not in the right headspace to compete. But I do think it's, it's hard because I, it doesn't mean I don't like her and it doesn't mean I don't want to see what she does and how she continues to evolve. And, you know, but I think that shows what kind of person all these girls are. It's like you take these, you know, things in stride and, if you get kicked off, then it's up to you to show us what else you have. Absolutely. Um, you know, Katya finished fifth it's on true. her season and is now like considered by many to be super a super you know, duper star. Yeah. Um, Alyssa Edwards, perfect example. She's never finished better than sixth place in a season and she's a superstar. Yeah. It's not always how you finish, it's how you use your platform. Right. And I don't think that Monica has a platform. <laughs> like, I don't think I went on her socials and it's like, not that she doesn't have a lot of followers, but it doesn't seem like she puts a lot of effort into it. And she kind of disappeared. Yeah. Like, I haven't really been seeing her over the years, like trying to do other projects or present and things. I haven't heard about her since she was on Drag Race. And I don't live in the same city, so I'm not able to go see a brunch if she's performing or go see them performed. I don't think she's touring that often. And so it makes me wonder, like, does she want to be a drag queen or does she just want to be a trans woman? Right. You know? And it does beg the question, and I said it um, before, it was her casting to fit an, a, a quota because... Yeah, for sure, especially the past few years. Mm -hmm. But... I think it's good. 
no, I think that I can clearly see when I look at this cast, it feels like they were going to do an early out season. They had casted most of the queens and then realized they didn't have enough to finish a full season. So they're like, let's just combine it. Yeah, I think you're but, I think you're spot on there. Yeah. Hey, I got some burning questions to finish this podcast up. Are you ready? Yes. What is Monica's legacy? Um. The fact that she's not just a drag queen, she's also a transgender woman. It's true. I mean, it was it was nice to see her back. I really do hope that she does take this moment and accept the love that she is getting from the fandom. Yeah. Um, and whatever happens next, I wish her all the best. Her, her legacy to me is the crying. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, this doesn't necessarily have to be the actual winner of the week, but who won the week? Who was the winner of the episode? In her mind, Alexis Michelle. But <laughs> I think um, the winner of the week was Kahana, for sure. I agree. She, she showed the whole, the biggest glow up, um, really took the opportunity of being given a second chance and like ran with it. She got a target on her back. She does, sure sure does. I said to my friends that we were watching, I was like, well, she won the first episode, so she's not winning the season. And by episode three, she'll be in the bottom two. <laughs> Bloop. All right. After one episode, the winner of the season is. Jimbo. I have three names that I'm going to throw out there. Yeah. Jimbo, Candy, Heidi. Um, they just they just they, they, they just have it. They have what an all star winner. Yeah. After this episode needs to have. Um, I really do think Jimbo is the full complete package. Uh-huh. But Rue also does love candy. She Rue loves love Jimbo. Rue loves both of them. And I think Rue loves Heidi too. And I think the, you know, thinking about this season and how alliances are definitely, you can feel that it's going to be more prevalent this season. Yes. Um, I do agree with your group. I think that they're going to pull each other to the end, but I think that Alexis Michelle is going to go pretty far. I oh, think she's going to be the dark horse. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that she, if she's able to keep her emotions at bay and not people piss people off, um, that she also showed me like a big transformation. Absolutely. Oh, and also I know, I think the dark horse is going to be James. It could happen. It could happen. She already went one more episode than she did in her first season. It's so true. she's, um, I think that James will show, especially like in acting challenges and snatch game. Like we never got to see a lot of these things from these queens, right? So we're getting to see it for the first time. And I can only imagine how well James will do in those types of challenges. And as I said in my preview podcast, all I want this season is Mrs. Kasha Davis and Snatch Game. That's all I that's all I want in my heart. I just want to see her do something. What do you think she'll do? Well, I mean, I we know that she would have probably won with her Liza on season seven if she made it, um, which uh-huh. probably would have no one ever would have done Liza after because I've seen her do her Liza. It's spot on. I don't know yeah. who she would do. I don't know who she would do. Hopefully yeah, not Tina Turner. <laughs> I know she does a lot, but hopefully not on this show. Isn't she not allowed? I thought they made the rule that on Snatch Game, you have to play a queen that is your same skin tone. Did you watch Drag Race UK season four? Mm-hmm. Who did it? Dixie Polite. Shirley Bassey. Oh, I didn't get it. I didn't. <laughs> and also, um, I know that Angeria played Tammy Brown. That's but true. I don't know like where I heard that rule. 
it, a lot of rules be, it should around. be a rule. It, it should be a rule. Yeah. If it's not, who knows? Well, I feel like matching him is getting harder and harder though, just because um, everybody's done like the biggest characters that you could probably redo. And I agree. Yeah, it's like there's a couple people who have not made appearances on Snatch Game yet that I think, yeah, given time, it'll be a good thing. For Martha sure. Stewart. Oh, I um, oh yeah, for sure, Martha or Ina Garten. Come on, let's just have a chef snatch game. Let's do it. That's who I All would right. do. I love it. Where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any projects you want to plug? Venmo. Okay. Um, my name is Matthew Crumpy. You can find me at Crump Master Crump on Instagram and TikTok. Um, in my I, Instagram, it has all of my listed projects. I do a lot of random things. Um, I'm a party promoter. Check out my story. You can always see the parties that I'm throwing. Um, upcoming next week is my uh, body positivity and body inclusive party massive poll, which is at Precinct in downtown Los Angeles. I also dance with Love Connie once a month. We have a show called Soundtrack Sundays. We will be doing Showgirls this weekend, reenacting the entire movie. Um, so you can find me there at Akbar and. Uh, I don't know. I have like I have a bunch of projects coming out, so just follow me on there. Follow, and I, follow. I, tag, I tag everything and buy Isley. And question. thank you. And uh, hopefully catch me on season forty-seven of Survivor if I make it. There it is. <laughs> well, I love your opinions. You are brilliant. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Of course, thank you. You're the greatest, and I'm excited to see the rest of the season play out. <laughs> 